the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, we're back with you. It is Wednesday, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And, of course, on Wednesdays, you know, at 4 o'clock, Duck and Joe uh, will be here to talk to us here on the Dave Ellswick Show, as well as, and I'm just confirming with Stephen Smith in D.C., that the congressman, uh, Hill, is going to be with us. And looking at some of the things that uh, uh, we'll uh, want to talk about, I just told him I want to talk about Pelosi wanting to um, get her own Green Deal going now in D.C. since uh, Cortez got shot down in flames yesterday in the Senate. And not one Democrat voted for her GND. Not, hmm. not one. What's funny about it is all the Democrats that are in the Senate that uh, are running for president are co-sponsors of that bill, and they didn't, <laughs> and they even, still didn't. And they didn't vote for it. So just keep, uh, oh, keep that wow. all, all in mind. Anyway, we want to talk about what uh, Attorney General Barr, his summary of the Mueller report, we'll talk about that. House Republicans are forcing a vote on uh, the whole thing dealing with killing babies that the Democrats don't want to vote on. They're going to vote on that on April 2nd. It's an effort uh, uh, not just about going on the record about abortion. It's about taking concrete action in in infanticide. So uh, we'll talk about that as well. So uh, that's all coming up about 335 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But we've got uh, State Representative Gonzalez is here. We do. Yeah, he's, he's got some interesting legislation. So what was you doing, just walking past he, and you grabbed was, him? He was just standing out there, so yeah, I figured, right. hey. Caught, caught me out of the hall here. So, okay. Um, I've been dealing with a, with a bill on telemedicine. Uh, actually failed in the House last week. Um, House Bill 1220 removes the video requirement for the initial visit for mm-hmm. telemed. Uh, so you've got a couple of big companies that are telemedicine companies, uh, Teladoc and MD Live, that are operating uh, in all the surrounding states in full compliance, from what I understand, in full compliance of all laws, rules, regulations set out by the medical boards. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkansas has a has kind of a weird thing in our law that we require video for that initial visit. Mm-hmm. We're one of the only states around, the only state in, in the surrounding state area that requires that. So all this bill did would remove that. Um, and require interactive audio, which is a conversation between the patient and the doctor right. with access to the medical records, so and store and forward the, technology. And, and then if the doctor thinks it's necessary, he yep. can get the video because I assume some things are, you know, if you've got an itch and you need to prescribe cortisone cream or something, you know, a video may not be necessary. Right, yeah, there's certain diagnoses that a, a video is not necessary. And with telemedicine, we already rule out any narcotic scripts or anything like that, so there's no danger of, of that. You know, we're talking antibiotic type type stuff. Um, standard of care still has to be met. Standard of care doesn't, we're not changing that in, in this law at all. Um, but it's up to the doctor to decide whether they can they can meet that standard of care as it is in any other situation 
So ba- bas- basically just opening up the market so that people can get medical care in a more streamlined and less expensive fashion. Yeah, and hopefully have better access to care. You know, mm-hmm. There's a lot of places in rural Arkansas that don't have broadband availability. There's a lot of people that aren't as privileged as mm-hmm. the ones of us sitting around this table right now uh, that don't have the well, iPhones I would or challenge video phones. you on Wi-Fi <laughs> here in this edifice, to be honest. But anyway. Yeah. But, but there, there are a lot of people that don't have access to video phones and things like that that, that don't have access to care. This is a matter of people getting care or, or not in some situations. That's what's kind of interesting, is it not, is that people don't look strongly enough, you believe, uh, representative towards technology to answer the questions for people that are in rural areas? Yeah, I, I, I mean, agree 100%. And, or, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of miles away from a hospital? That's correct. Yeah, we should be using everything we can to, to improve access to care. And you know, we're 49th in health care, and, and we don't seem to be wanting to change anything uh, to, to change that. You know, the medical societies come that came out and opposed almost every scope of practice legislation that's been, been proposed this session and, and have a history of doing that. You know, that's nothing new for this session. That's that's every session. We remain 49th in health care, and we're, you know, medical society will fight everything that you try to do to change Basically, that. That they're a big protectionist organization. Absolutely, it, it, it's, it is frustrating. Is that, is that the reason they're still wearing those 18th century beaks on the top of their head? <laughs> <laughs> their doctor? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's as if they're fighting against uh, you know modernization. You know, it makes no sense to me. Uh, we need more physicians in Arkansas. An easy way of doing that is doing it over uh, the internet. Yeah, we need more healthcare providers. Period. In, in Arkansas, uh, nurse practitioners could could be an answer to that. But we uh, we kind of tie their hands with a collaborative practice agreement. Um, you know, some of them would possibly go out into rural areas and practice on their own if they could. Um, but it, it costs a lot of money to open up a clinic, and then some of these nurse practitioners are also required to purchase a collaborative practice agreement at sometimes up to $2,000 a month. Explain that to, to my listeners. What, what, what is that kind of agreement? So... <laughs> So there's really not a whole lot of teeth to this uh, to the agreement. There's not a lot of patient protection in it. Basically, a physician has to review like maybe ten charts per quarter uh, in that agreement. But the nurse practitioners, or in some cases, hospitals are paying for it. My wife is a nurse practitioner. Full disclosure here. Um, okay. So I've, I've been. Yeah, you know, that's you, you kind of know about the yeah, issue. Yeah, it's, it's something that I've I've been involved in for quite a while now. Um, so I know that hospitals are paying physicians up to $2,000 per nurse practitioner working under those physicians. There's no limit to how many that they can have signed up underneath them or have collaborative agreements with. So some of them are making you know, thousands of dollars a month off of off these collaborative agreements. Well, of course, they don't want to give that up. They don't have to do anything. You know, review 10 charts a quarter is, is minimal. No patient protection there at all. Um, but they're making a lot of money off of it and don't want to give it up. And it's also a power thing as well because if, if the nurse practitioners can do this on their own, then the, the doctors lose some of their status and their power. Yeah, well, nurse practitioners are already doing it on their own. It's mm-hmm. it's not actually expanding the scope of what they do at all. It's they're just, already diagnosing, treating patients. They're, they're already working. But... So right now, if you don't want to hire that physician, well, then you have to go to work for that physician. Um, we heard from a physician over at Hot Springs 
that hires 25 nurse practitioners, has 25 nurse practitioners working for him, and came down to committee to speak against the, that legislation. Wow. You're talking about maybe 50 grand a month then. Well, so he hires the, the nurse practitioners himself, so they're probably they're. I would say they're not paying him. No, okay. Well, although he's making money for them. Although he's making a lot of money off those nurse practitioners, where if they were opened up to to leave and go where they wanted to, you know, he may not be able to as easily hire twenty five nurse practitioners to work in this clinic because they they would they would have the liberty to actually go and go and do their own work. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, so which uh, committee is this going up before and when? So the the nurse practitioner legislation died in public health. Okay. Um, the telemedicine legislation got killed on the floor the other day. Then they made the clincher motion, which uh, requires an, an expungement of the vote to bring that back now. So it's two thirds majority of the house chamber to to expunge the vote and get that back out. Well, somebody We're, didn't want this around. Yeah, they really don't want it around. Hmm. Yeah, so. We're working, working hard now. There was some misinformation maybe given out on, on the House floor. Uh, we've been back and forth on, on trying to get the correct information. I think we've got all that lined out now. So I just want an opportunity to, to readdress that right. and present that bill again. I, I, it's looking like there's a pretty good opportunity to, to get that vote expunged. And well, that would be good time. and get you yeah. another opportunity. But it sounds like to me, is it the... Is it the hospitals or the doctors that are so against this? Uh, it's mostly physicians that, okay. that have, have a, every physician that's that's in the house today had went down to the well and spoke against this legislation wow. as it's it's so, direct competition. So now, why are they saying? Why are they saying that this shouldn't be allowed? They say it's patient safety. I say it should be a decision between that doctor and the patient to decide whether you know they can they can safely do this or not. Do, yeah. Do they even have any numbers to indicate that doctors are safer than the nurse practitioners? No, actually, every study that I've seen said They're about that the, same. For, the, the outcomes are, are pretty well equal yeah. for the conditions that nurse practitioners are qualified to treat. Right. And so the yeah. thing is that you know even if they weren't, you know, shouldn't I have the right to choose? You know what? This might cost less, and I can see the see the nurse practitioner sooner. So let me make that choice, and that's that's that's, that's what it kind of boils down to. Is yeah, ultimately, I, I believe in, in freedom. I mean, right. you go right. see your witch doctor if you want to. Right, <laughs> but but at the end of the day, though, that you know, it may be that I can get in to see a nurse practitioner today, but I don't have to wait till next week to see a doctor. And let me make that choice. Yeah, well, exactly, and that's that's why. So. My wife owns a clinic in Arkadelphia and has now for five-plus years. And, you know, they get patients in and out. Usually the, the maximum time from the time you walk in the door to the time you're out is 20 to 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So, they're so not, we pick up a lot of patients. People are happy with that. They, you know, they, they, they don't love have to wait able, two hours. Yeah. They don't yeah, have to wait two hours. Wow. Yeah. And they don't have, well. They don't have to wait three weeks sometimes. Oh yeah. You know? And yeah. guess what? That's good enough for the military. Why can't it be good enough for uh, civilians? Yeah, it's good I mean, enough for the, the military, VA systems. I mean, in the military, I don't get to see. A, well, when I was in the military, I didn't get to see the flight surgeon. I see. I saw a PA all the all the time. Right. Right. And I got good care. 
Yeah, well, a lot of times now, even if you go to a specialty clinic, if you go to a neurosurgeon, if you're not actually having surgery, most of the time you don't get to see that that doctor. No, nope. you see the nurse practitioner that's that's working for them, and fi- and that's fine. That's not going to change. You know, they're still going to hire these nurse practitioners, even if 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 we open this up where they can, you know, be out on their own without that collaborative agreement. And bottom line, they're they're all uh, responsible for their work. Absolutely. So if that's the case, yeah, they carry their the own malpractice insurance. Have I mean, come on. There's well, no reason I, I not. Think I was talking to some of the, I think it was some of the nurse practitioners about this. Maybe it was a nurse anesthetist. But anyway, I think they were saying that their malpractice insurance is no, no higher than the doctors. And if anything, that tells you something because insurance companies aren't stupid. Yeah, they, they know how to look at numbers. Yeah, that's that's what they do is assess risk, right? right. And so, so if they're if if they're not charging higher rates for nurse practitioners, stands to reason that they're just as safe. It, it right. would stand to reason, yeah. yeah. yeah While we have you on here, you had a, a bill that um, was designed to stop the special elections. How is that going? <laughs> so I ran that. I, I thought I had the my votes and lined out in committee last week, mm-hmm. and I lost that one the same day that, that uh, I lost the telemed bill on the House uh, floor. Um, I am able to bring that back up. Okay. So if, if we get the right people in committee, in committee, I've talked with the chairman. He's going to let me, you know, right run down to the end of the table and, and present that again okay. with, the, with the votes in committee. So hopefully we'll we'll get Make that, that out of there. Well, good deal. Yep. All right. Well, we appreciate you stopping by and talking to us. Keep on working. All right. I mean, it's amazing to me that so many of your things have been shot down. It, sh- it, it shouldn't be. Yeah, we don't seem to love liberty or, or appreciate it. That's so a big one, so, isn't it? What, what's, is there any way to, to maybe deal with some of this? Because, you know, if, if the state has granted someone a license... They have they have protected status with their with their industry. Is it unreasonable to maybe limit some of their ability to lobby for that? Since it is sort of a conflict of interest for them, is that unreasonable to ask? Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, yeah. I don't know how I would feel about that. You, you go into into stepping on somebody's First Amendment rights, well, I, possibly I by restricting their speech in, in committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and it, 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 it's kind of a, a double-edged sword there. It but, is. But we've, we've already given them a monopoly, which we shouldn't. We never never should have taken away people's liberty in the first place, and then sold it back to them in the form of a license. <laughs> and, and so then then they have a monopoly, and then they come and lobby against people who are on the offer competition. It's frustrating. Yeah, but you're dealing with with two people who have prof- professional licenses as well. So yeah, yeah, both of them both, have licenses. Both sides are able to come come lobby, speak their mind. But yeah. now this is your is this your first session? No, this is my third session. Your third session. Are there things that you're learning from this session that maybe there's sacred cows that nobody wants to touch? I learned that pretty well my first session. Okay. I mean, mean, the whole thing about the special elections, over the last five sessions I've been here, that's been something people have been trying to get rid of, and it's as if... Well, you know why they don't want to get rid of it. It's the way that they continue to pass additional taxes on the people. Yeah, yeah. So I hear from from my colleagues. I say, oh, well, my people hate that. Well, no, it's not your people that hate that. It's it's your your mayor ha- may hate it. You know, your school superintendent may hate it because it stops them from raising taxes on your people. Yeah. But your 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 constituents do not want their taxes raised at will, and that's what it that's what it stops. But unfortunately, those those aren't the people that we hear from. Those aren't always the people who know that these things are are even happening. Uh, but but your mayors, your superintendents, your school districts, they they all have people up here lobbying they're paying attention to, to what's going on here and they they come out strong against these things 
No. Even the state chamber. We'll let you get back. You guys are in session, so we'll let you get back, back there. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. Quick break. More coming from the uh, the Capitol. We're on the third floor, House side. We'll be uh, grabbing uh, representatives and senators today as we can catch them. Don't forget at 335, Congressman Hill should be with us. Uh, he could be a little early, maybe a little late. We'll just have to play it by ear because there's some votes being taken today. And then Joe and Duck will be here at 4 o'clock. Some other names that Steve, you may be looking at who? Stephen Meeks is supposed to come by when they get finished. He, said, he just sent me a text back. Okay, he's going to stop and by. So, looks like Mark Johnson. is No, not Mark uh, Johnson. Blake, Blake Johnson. Blake Johnson, the possibil- possibility. And um, who else were we? Uh, possibly the Speaker of the House. Yes. I mean, um, we've, been, we've been trying to, to get people to come, but it's really hard. Well, they're, right they're running, their sessions are running long, and they're well, like they're, yester- yesterday. They're I don't to get everything done. Yesterday, I don't think they actually finished with their session until after the after the show was over. Yeah, I know. We, we, we left. <laughs> we left. After the, um, you guys want to keep meeting? Go ahead. No, that, but, they're, they're getting done with the session, but then they're going back into committee again. Yeah, they are. Uh, and so, so that sometimes they'll stay in committee. So you got to, you know, we yeah. don't have the necessary people now to keep an eye on everything that's happening. So we do have uh, representatives and senators that will text us from time to time and say, hey, do you know this is going on? Mm-hmm. And we, we try to find out the information as quickly and uh, to the best of our ability. Yeah, and I think Dan Sullivan may come by as well. Okay, and Dan Sullivan. We want him to come by and talk to us also today. All right, it's Dave Ellswick Show. Stay with us. we got more coming your way in a moment. Okay, third floor, house side. That's where we set up uh, our camp and uh, catching people as we can that come out of the house. Uh, if somebody from the Senate wanders over here, we try to get them to come join us uh, as well and speak to them or we get a hold of them early on and try to work out a time that they won't be in session or in a committee meeting and can come over and, and uh, talk to us. Now, one of the main uh, laws that I follow is I will vote for a bad Republican before I will ever vote for the best Democrat. I mean, just it's just the way that, that I am. I don't trust a Democrat as far as I can see him. And i give you a good example of this. Uh, Charlie Collins uh, lost his seat uh, this last election. And I knew people were disappointed in what he had done mm-hmm. and didn't like some of the things that he had done and some of the things he didn't stand for. But I'm going to tell you what, when it came to gun bills and stuff, yeah, I think Charlie Collins could be basically depended on to be a yes vote on gun legislation, well, Second better, Amendment. I think he's better than his replacement. So Denise- well, and that, this is the point I'm trying to make, Paul. You know, you may not have been, maybe you were only 50-50 with Charlie Collins. Well, let me just ask you, how much are you with his replacement, some Denise, Garner woman? Denise Garner here. Yeah, here you go. So she's filed three bills. Let me just kind of read their titles. The The first one is 1930, HB 1938 granting a public college or university the ability to determine if possession of a concealed handgun on the campus of the public college or university by a person is permitted and to make organizational and technical amendments. So this was this would basically kind of reverse um, Charlie, Charlie Collins', Collins bill. bill that that basically took away the, the ability for colleges to tell students or tell faculty or whoever it is, you know. No, you can't have a gun. Right. And so so what what, it, what would we think of a college campus that, that told 
students, you know, you can't engage in free speech. You, you can't exercise other rights that you have. We would say, no, you can't do that. And, we, and, and in fact, they just did that here in Arkansas. They, they passed a law about um, free speech on college campuses. You know, the right to keep and bear arms is no less a part of a person's constitutional rights than the right to free speech. And so that I think her, her proposal is designed specifically to infringe. She should step down. All but right. that's, okay. that's just one of the three. All right. We'll give you the other two in just a moment. So um, if you're listening to this on the podcast or over our uh, website or on my Facebook page, just know if you're up in that uh, northwest Arkansas area and you voted against Collins and you like Republicans, this is what you allowed. All right, so Paul was uh, giving us the three uh, bills that the uh, woman who has taken the place of Charlie Collins is running. So I'd like uh, him to give us those next two bills, and I'm sure Mothers Demand Action are just falling all over themselves loving this. Well, I think we need to maybe rename them to Moms Demand Chalk Lines. Because I think that's the that's the solu- that's the that's what happens when you don't have armed people to stop um, mass killers is you get chalk lines drawn around the dead bodies. But anyway, I, I, I'll go ahead and point out the other bills. So she's got her second one is to establish universal background checks for the purposes of purchasing, receiving, or transferring a firearm. This is a this is a pretty blatant violation of the Fourth Amendment. People, you do, the government does not have a right to know. Or, or to do background checks on you just in order for you to exercise your rights. This is just simply wrong. She should step down. The third one is the requirement of use of a restraint holster for a person who carries a handgun. I think this is uh, one of those things where um, she maybe doesn't really understand how this works. A lot of times people carry pocket pistols and... Um, they make little holsters for those that fit inside your pocket. It makes them a little safer so that it covers up the trigger. Um, but there's other ways to make them safe is that you don't keep around in the chamber and you can carry it safely in your pocket without any kind of a holster to cover, cover the trigger. There is an argument that, you know, if you're just carrying a pistol bare in your pocket or stuck down your pants, there's nothing covering up the trigger, you might shoot yourself because the trigger is... is um, is unprotected if you've got the thing chambered and ready to fire. There's there's an argument for that. I think probably the most likely scenario is that you shoot yourself, not so much shooting someone else. And so there's 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 some issues there. However, this is still a freedom issue, and I think she needs to mind her own business and not continue to um, attempt to violate people's rights. All right, so basically none of those pieces of legislation would have ever come across the lips of Charlie Collins. No, no I don't. I don't th- well, I'm not sure what Charlie Collins' idea is on background checks. Um, the um, and I don't ever recall him dealing with an issue about holsters. Well, he didn't write uh, any bills. About no, I, yeah, I don't. So I don't I recall would assume that. Assume that he's that, and that's something you don't have to worry. Yeah, about. Yeah, I think we know for sure about his ideas on. The universities and Campus campuses, Carrie, because we know he, what he's because he, he went the other direction on that. Yes, and so so yeah. it does it does help to elect people from a party that you know have more 
let's just say for in this case, Second Amendment uh, type leanings, leanings, and, yeah, and, and what and, the other party and, does. And, and the thing is, Charlie Collins was probably not perfect on the Second Amendment, but the, the thing is, he wasn't filing bills to um, to reverse our, our rights that, that I'm aware of, anyway. To to the tune of what we're seeing here, she's filed three that would um, that would um, some specific, some um, more more general, and the the reuse of a strain is not so much of a, a Second Amendment issue. It's a um, kind of a personal um, carry option issue. Although it does apply, there are some Second Amendment Im- implications to it. All right, what that talked about, and I I just wanted to make this point. For all the people who are always saying that the Republicans are just the same as the Democrats, you're wrong. No, right? yeah, that's... that's I, I am going to say for sure that you know that you're wrong if you think about it. Now, if you want to say uh, they're just like the Democrats uh, have been in the past about taxes, now you won't get as much pushback right. from me. There's but no- you'll get a pushback from me if you are trying to say... That having Republicans and the majorities here, uh, if I took them out and put Democrats in the majority in here, uh, there would be there's no a, difference. That's no, BS. Yeah, that's not true. There's a, there's a few issues where there is a distinction. Um, abortion is one of those issues. Yep, big time. And, um, guns. And, and guns to a lesser extent than abortion, but guns is still to, to, is true. Is true. Um, there are a few exceptions on Democrats. As far as guns go, there's a Democrat over in the Senate that's probably more conservative than. No, that's maybe, one. Right. I'm just. I'm just saying. This, there's one that may be more conservative on gun rights than maybe 50 or 60 percent of the Republicans um, here as legislators. Um, that's and that's Senator Teague. But as far as generally speaking, you're right. The Democrats are, are worse on gun rights and and almost certainly worse on the on the. Um, the so-called right of a woman to kill her unborn child. All right. With that said, and I got a few minutes before we got to get her a break. What if I told you that there was a bill that failed today and it may get brought back up and uh, has been brought back up to see if it'll pass at another time. And this bill is HB 1342. We talked about this bill a couple days ago when we had uh, uh, you know, Representative, Representative Payton. Payton on to discuss it with us. And it was the uh, used car tax. And remember, the lieutenant governor, he's all about it, too. And that is taking it from 4000 a car at $4,000 and below would not have any kind of... Uh, uh, of sales tax on it, this bill would bump that up to seventy five hundred bucks. So it's basically a great deal for you know people who don't make a whole a whole lot of money. Okay, it gives them a break on having to uh, pay sales tax. So with that in, in in mind, what if I told you that a co-sponsor of this bill? When it was in a committee that the one of the co-sponsors is a part of, that you couldn't get that co-sponsor 
to agree to vote. Agree to vote. And if they don't vote, you don't have the necessary people to make it into a get it out of committee law. You know, you can't get it to the floor of the Senate in this case. Well, that's exactly the case we've got with Cecile Bledsoe. That's kind of scary. Yeah, she's she is a co-sponsor of HB thirteen forty two in the Senate, and she wouldn't come into the meeting today where that bill was being considered, and there were four yay votes for it, and all they needed was one more vote. I was talking to somebody who approached her just not more than 30 minutes ago and asked her why she wasn't voting for this, since she's a co-sponsor. They couldn't answer the question and said, well, hold on. Let me talk to somebody inside the Senate about it. So she went scurrying back into the chambers, but nobody could follow her, to talk to somebody. And I'd like to know who she's got to get the permission from to vote for this bill that she's the co-sponsor of. So here's what I would like you to do. Let her know that you want this piece of legislation to get to the Senate floor, and then we'll see who votes for and against it. Her number is 479-636-2115. Call that number, and you may just be able to leave a, you know, a voicemail. But even if it's just a voicemail, say, Senator Bledsoe, you're the co-sponsor of HB 1342. Vote yes in committee for it. And that's going to get it out of committee and get it on the Senate floor. And then it will be, uh, you know, who's, who, who's going to vote and who's going to not vote for it. And they can't just do a voice vote. They have to push the button and we'll know who voted for and who voted against, and then we can turn our attention to those who voted against and start asking some very, very serious and tough questions of them. This is a piece of legislation, if you're a Republican, not only is just good for the people, all right, because it's going to let people save money that need to save money because they don't have a lot of money, but secondly, uh, it shows that the party... Uh, stands for the working man in well, and Arkansas. It's not just a re- and woman. It's not just a Republican bill. It's it's a bill that was that had really broad support. Votes for had, in the House. It had, I think it had eighty five or eighty six sponsors on the House side. So that's that is massive support. And um, so for it to just get killed on the on the Senate end is kind of surprising. Call well, Senator Hendren as well. I would suggest calling Senator Hendren as well. He should be behind and be pushing this bill. And just, and here's something I, I would say you should s- suggest to him. Senator Hendren, I would like to see HB 1342 end up being law. Help get it out of committee. If you can't do that, I would definitely have problems voting for you to be governor. Because he wants to be... There's no doubt in my mind he wants to be governor 
479-787-6222 is his phone number. 479-787-6222. And, of course, uh, he is from District... What district do we know? I'm looking here. District 15? No, that's number two. District 2, sorry. That's a seniority number, 15. Two is his uh, district. So just something to keep in mind. This is, if we want to see this bill passed, you've got to get involved. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You've got to get involved. you got to tell Cecile Bledsoe, Republican, that she needs to get into the committee room and vote this out of committee because she's a co-sponsor. Come on. She's a co-sponsor of the bill. Don't let her try to, keep, if, if, it, if it would go through, and somebody else that she gets to take glory for it when she's the one that's holding it up right now. You tell her to do her due diligence, your co-sponsor, and vote for HB 1342 is what, uh, what we need to do. And then tell Senator Hendren, since he's the majority leader, throw his weight behind it as well. And again, this is the used car sales tax yeah. bill that basically cuts your cuts sales tax on, on used cars so that you can buy a car, um, anything under $7,500, you don't have to pay sales tax on it. HB that, 1342. Right, and that saves you just about 500 bucks. HB 1342. Uh, call Bledsoe, Senator Bledsoe, and tell her to do what she, uh, evidently she co-sponsors, she believes in the bill, then get into the committee and vote for it and quit playing games. You know, who's your handler? Who's your, who's your daddy, so to speak? <laughs> who's telling you uh, what you're supposed to be do, uh, doing? For Cecile, this is a lady that I've known now for several years. Uh, as a Republican, and uh, she's been solid. There's something going on here, and it smells ugly, just to be honest. Her number again, 479-636-2115, and tell her you'd like her to vote. She's been in the House since uh, in 99, 2001, 2003, and now in the Senate. 09-11-13-15-17. Do I need to say more? All right. She's been here for a while. HB 1342, vote yes. Hey, don't forget about my good friend. He's an insurance agent by the name of Dwayne Smith. He's got his own agency, the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency over in Sherwood. It's an all-state uh, uh, agency. Uh, so you don't have to worry about Mr. Mayhem. They keep him under control, keep him in a cage somewhere in the back uh, room somewhere. And uh, they want to make sure that you'll be in good stead if Mayhem happens to attack you. All you have to do is take your uh, insurance policy for your car, for your home, for your boat, your you know motorcycle or whatever over to uh, Dwayne Smith or one of his associates at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood and uh, show your insurance policies and they'll match them up with Allstate and they'll tell you how much money you can save. 
Give them a call. Set up an appointment. 501-819-0373. That's 501-819-0373. And again, that's for the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency with Allstate. All right. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Please call uh, Cecile Bledsoe and call... uh, uh, Senator Hindren and asked them to uh, support HB 1342, especially Bledsoe, Senator Bledsoe. She's a co-sponsor on the bill, and she won't go in and vote. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Why should we and should we trust her to do anything that she co-sponsors? Again, that's four seven nine six three six two one one five. Call that number, leave her, uh, you know, a message, or uh, if her phone is full of messages, then uh, you can call the Senate here at the uh, at the Capitol and leave a message for her. All you got to say, Senator Bledsoe, vote yes, HB thirteen forty two. Well, and sometimes you can just text that number as well. I don't know if this is her cell, cell number or if it's her uh, if it's a landline number to her office, but sometimes those numbers on the um, on the website are actually their cell number. And so sometimes you can get a text through that way. Well, bottom line, it, if you want this bill to pass, you're going to have to do something. You as a voter are going to have to get involved. And you've got to, uh, to tell them to, uh, to uh, tell Bledsoe and, and then tell Hendren too that you want HB 1342 get up or down vote on the Senate floor, and then we need to see uh, how everybody voted and call people out who voted against it who are Republicans. And do, do we know... Democrats, you know, I, 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 I feel like they're going to vote for any increase in taxes or to hold taxes high. Republicans should not. But what's interesting, though, is that the Democrats apparently voted for this in the House, a lot of them. Yeah. And so, I mean think about that I, I, I'm one. curious to know who is it that's opposed to this Every, everybody we're, we're hearing, all, the, all the Republicans voted for it in the house I mean, we, we I, I would I would be curious is it the governor who's trying to kill this thing on the on the Senate in have no well, idea I, I don't see this is not an issue that is not, and not, and not like the teachers association is going to come out against it or the or the doctors or some other licensing licensed group of, of um, of well, cronyists well, that want know, as well as I do, that the the reason, if anybody has a problem with this, is a simple one, is that it cuts a little bit of revenue. Twelve million dollars of revenue right. is going to be cut. Somebody's going to take a cut. Uh, I'm just telling you, there's twelve million dollars that can be found. To fill that gap, basically in the seat, it's cushion, there. Basically in the couch cushions around these different government agencies. Out of five billion seven hundred thousand seven hundred million dollars that that are out there, I'm sure they can find twelve million dollars. Are we 12, saying twelve that million dollars that, that that aren't? It, it's not theirs. Yeah, <laughs> but bottom line, that, that they, that's they the want case. it. So I just want you to get in there. This is this is a bill that helps. Average Arkansans. That's that's the bottom line. It helps the average woman and man, the, the person who needs to maybe wants to buy a car that's a little bit better than the car that they have, but maybe they can't afford an extra 
you know, 500 bucks mm-hmm. because that's, that's, that's a- what the tax would be. Uh, in fact, to be a little bu- above that, it's 7,500 bucks. It's six and a half percent. That's not counting whatever the the local tax would be and the 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 tax in the uh, the county tax and all the rest of them. So just keep that in mind. You need to call Bledsoe. You need to call Hendren and tell them you want to vote. You want them to vote yes, and and especially Bledsoe. She's a co-sponsor of the bill. Co-sponsor. You don't co-sponsor something if you don't like it. Simple as that. We've got more. We've got three more hours for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's move into the 3 o'clock hour here on a Wednesday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. And, of course, it's Wednesday, hump day, over-the-hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. One day away from the opening of Dumbo at your local movie theater. Just something to think about. If you happen to want to go see the live-action movie, live-action uh, version of that uh, cartoon, uh, think about it. I'm probably going tomorrow night to see it as it opens up uh, in the theaters. Uh, typically, Friday, we talk about movies here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That might be a little difficult tomorrow in that the uh, the session is in session, and we will be here at uh, the uh, the Capitol on Friday. And we'll be here tomorrow as well on Thursday. First hour, J.R. Davis will join us. Uh, the governor's, of course, uh, uh, spokesman, and we've got a lot of things that, to talk to him about, about this session and, and how things are going. And things things are getting a little testy like they usually do towards the end of the session. People are tired. Uh, people are tired of getting screwed. And uh, and that's happened a lot to several different people. I mean, State Representative Gonzalez not been a very good session for him. Well, he, he was and tell- he's taken on because he's taken on powerful groups. Well, yeah, and that, that's one of the things is that we've we've government has gotten into so many things, and then with the government power come special interest groups that have an interest in keeping that power strong. And so, in the case of the scope of practice type bills, we've got two competing licensed um, practitioners. One is the doctors, and the other is the nurse practitioners, and both of them practice under a license, and the doctors are are trying to keep the nurse practitioners from being allowed to perform certain services in, in, um, in, in ways that apparently would help the consumers and give them better service or better prices, and, um... The doctors don't like the don't like the extra competition apparently, and that's a problem. And on top of that, he's the one that's been attacking special elections again. Right. That's already been shot down in flames yeah, because uh, school superintendents, mayors, heads of quorum court, and all the rest they use special elections as a way to 
uh, you know, increase taxes on the electorate because, you know, you can get out the people that you want to support your particular piece of legislation a lot easier in a special election than in a general right, election. Right. In many cases, I think we should just be calling these special elections secret elections because in many cases, that's what they end up being. The, the crazy thing is, so a few weeks ago, we had Representative Gonzalez on here talking about his piece of legislation to deal with special elections, and I believe it was the very next day before I came down here to the session, a, a neighbor of mine texted me and let me know that there was a special election going on that day. So the very next day, that, that morning, the neighbor texted me and let me know about a special election. It was a tax election. It was going to be for, um, they were going to um, allow the school to build, to use money to build a new gymnasium or something like that. You know, I was angry when I heard it, when I found out about it. It's like, you know, I'm not just totally politically disconnected. And I didn't know about this blasted stupid election. And so I went up, and it's not at the normal polling places. Um, they had, I think they only had one polling location open. And they even had, it, it was there at the sports center there in Greenbrier. It was back in the kind of the corner of the building actually you had to it was kind of you had to walk through through the the um, basketball courts to get to it and uh, back in the back kind of hidden back there sort of and i was angry when i when i went to vote against that blasted thing but it's basically a secret election because it's 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 those, these things are generally held during times when when normal elections are not held Whereas if they were held during the normal times, a lot of times people would vote against the tax increases. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, but the st- statistics bear out. What is it? 75% of these things pass? About 78% pass. When they're held. And um, only 20-something percent pass in a general yeah, election. So that, 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 that right there just kind of indicates it's these special elections are just just about fraudulent. Sure. Well, here's the reason that it goes so well for the people who are trying to pass something and they do it with a special election. For the most part, as you were just uh, alluding to, not everybody knows that the election is going on. Typically, there may be only one or two places open that people can vote at instead of the, you know, 25, 30, 40, and plus places that you'd vote at at a regular election. Most people uh, only know primary day and, uh, you know, in in November, the general election. So all you have to do is turn out uh, the people that will support your particular uh, bill or mm-hmm. law that you want to get or tax that you want to get, and you're in like Flint because it's a it's a 51 uh, count. It's a it's a, a a majority of the votes. Right, and so you might actually have good connections. Like if you're like if you're wanting to spend money on a school, you might have good connections. Um, the school board might actually have good connections with a lot of the school staff and a lot of the school students. You think? Who, who are going to benefit from stealing from you their think neighbors. They might send an email to all their teachers saying, don't forget Election Day. They might. Blah, blah, they, they might blah. Even, they might even do it on official. Here's, here's my, what might happen. They, they might even do it with, their, with, um, with official um, 
state computers and things like that. They might, they might not, but they, no, they, they come might. On now. They might use. Nobody their, would break the law. No, surely they wouldn't. And, and they might actually encourage the children just to go home and tell their parents. Wait, look, I know for a fact. Back when we tried to get the the uh, the passage of getting rid of the food tax, and I think if Carl Kimball was here right now, he would agree with this that we know that flyers were sent home uh, to the teachers uh, of school districts, and flyers were sent home to the parents to the students of so uh, students election and the, the school districts, and, and trying to beat back the uh, uh, the vote on the yeah, thing. And, and, and to say that there were a bunch of lies said is um, you know, and, you know I don't even, even want to get into even it Even if they tell the truth when you're using the public school system that platform for the purposes of electioneering it's, I mean, it's illegal it was illegal then, it's still illegal, but it sure as heck didn't stop them and it's, it, it, that's just, it's just it's similar to what we see down here at the Capitol. We see all these diff- different government officials down here on state time or sometimes outright hired lobbyists for, for the different government agencies and such. They're, ta- they're lobbying with their tax dollars. My tax dollars, our, your tax dollars. If a department here in state government can afford a lobbyist... That's money they can afford to lose, right? And to use it for something like uh, making up twelve million dollars when you get rid of a used car tax, right? Right. And so, you know, an example of of a group down here, a government agency that has their people down here advocating for and against legislation, state police. the state police. So almost every day that I'm down here, I see. Um, a lot of times, it's, the director himself is down here, but a lot of times there's there's maybe one or two or maybe even three other employees of the state police um, down here to, to watch for legislation or advocate for legislation. And, you know, when they're spending your tax dollars to come down here, I don't know what these people are getting paid. What, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, or $100,000 a year? no idea. To... to to be working because these aren't just I don't minimum get wage rub, employees. I don't, rub, I don't rub shoulders with those people very often. I try to stay away from them because I always feel slimy when I walk away. <laughs> well, and, and it's it's just frustrating though because especially the state police, they're probably just about the most powerful anti-gun rights lobbying group here at the Capitol during the session. What was it that you had? You posted it on your uh, Facebook account that the. Uh, the chief of the uh, state police showed up against a gun bill, and he signed in to speak against it. Yes, yesterday I got a picture of the of the sign up sheet and the um, for the, what bill? It was Gary Stubblefield's bill about the um, getting rid of gun free zones. Okay, and the uh, it showed that uh, the head of the state police of yeah, his, Arkansas his, his, was here to speak against his, it. His name was there, signed up to speak against it. Okay, yeah, that's that's just. And I, so I took a picture of the, of the sign-up sheet. It's just frustrating that they're not just there for information. They are advocating. They're, they're politically active in their, posi- in their official position and in, in official capacity. All right, 17 minutes. Uh, yeah, if you want to take your uniform off and everything and not use even, you know, yeah, that it, you're a colonel or whatever. Right. I, I wouldn't have so much of a problem with that. But it was, it was signed as Colonel um, Bill Bryant. 
And also, he his his the group he was representing was the AS, ASP, Arkansas State Police. And so he's actually he's he's um, signing up and testifying. I think it's actually his one of his his flunkies actually signed signed him up for him. But he was down there acting in, in his official capacity, basically engaging in political activity. Well, any kind of uh, person who works in a in a uh, uh, a designated governmental position should have to follow the same rules the military does, and that is you can be. Uh, active, uh, you know, politically, but you cannot wear your uniform. You cannot use your rank, uh, your or, rank or, or, or like I couldn't have been, you know, uh, Staff Sergeant Dave Ellswick uh, speaking for uh, HB uh, 1342. I had been Dave Ellswick. Right. You come down as and I couldn't show up sitting down in front of everybody. Uh, in, in, in my uniform. uniform with my board up on my chest with all my ribbons. Right. I, I, not you, only would they have slapped me, they probably would have broken me on rank yeah. on that. You, so you get in trouble for that sort of thing. And they should get in trouble for it when they're doing it this way. All right, let's get a break in. we got to get uh, that done. It's 18 minutes after 3. Don't forget... Congressman Hill is supposed to join us at about 3.35 today. He is casting some votes today. He could be a little bit late. He might have to live, leave a little bit sooner than normal. But uh, we'll try to get him on before 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, Duck. And uh, Joe will be on to talk about cars. 5 o'clock, it looks like the Speaker of the House may stop by, along with uh, uh, Blake uh, Johnson is looking to be stopping by. Uh, and he's a state senator, uh, and he'll be wanting to talk, I'm sure, about HB 1342 as well. Hey, learn the little-known strategies that could help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis. It's from David Lucas of David Lucas Financial. Uh, this free analysis will reveal the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. Now, to get a free analysis, it's really simple. Just be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. It's 501-653-6690. Don't get yourself screwed out of thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in retirement. 501-653-6690. You're here on the Dave Ellswick Show at State Capitol. Good to have you along for the ride today. Good things going on here. Lots of, a couple of pieces of intrigue going on right now. And one involves someone that I would never think, I I never would have thought would be involved in this kind of thing. And that is with uh, Cecile Bledsoe, state senator from up in northwest uh, uh, Arkansas, dealing with HB 1342, which is the used car tax that uh, was run through the the state house here just the other day uh, by State Representative Payton. It went through, uh, I think it was like 87 votes for and 12 against or something like that, a couple of, you know, present-type votes. Bottom line... Very, very strong. All we need is for uh, uh, 
the Bledsoe to show up and, ca- and cast a, a yay vote as we go to the Senate floor. So with that in, in mind, uh, I'm asking you to call Senator Bledsoe and, uh, and ask her, you know, what's going on? 479-636-2115 uh, is the number. 479-636-2115. Give her a call and, and ask her to, uh, you know, she's a co-sponsor. Right? Again, she's a co-sponsor of the legislation. She should support it. I mean, if you're going to co-sponsor something, it should mean that you support it. Go in and support it. She was met, and I won't say who met her at the doors. Uh, it was with another organization. And they were asking her about why she hadn't voted. And, they, and she was giving them the runaround and trying not to answer it. And, and uh, and uh, and... And asking, like, you know, a boat tied up at the dock, you know, but, 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 you know, doing her thing. (laughs) And the bottom line is, is that uh, the last thing she said to this person is that uh, she had to go in and talk to somebody there inside uh, the Senate, which this person couldn't follow. Now, either she was just trying to get away from him so she didn't have to offer an answer, or she had to go ask somebody's permission of what should I do here? You know, so uh, yeah, it's this is this is of interest kind of strange. to me now. I mean, this has really gotten to be uh, uh, of interest to me. So we got to see, you know, how uh, all of this uh, works out uh, when it when it's all said and and done. It's, it's just something to keep in mind. That, uh, this is this is Cecile Bledsoe. She's been a part of the legislature for nine, since 1999. It's not something. That's you know that's rocket science that she can't figure out here. You know there there's something going on, and I just you know look, whoever is the person who's given marching orders on this and saying that it shouldn't happen, please stand up and say you're the one. Yeah, it would be nice you to know, know. Just just get the guts to stand up and say, yeah, you know we've decided we don't want this and. And if it's if it's uh, just you, that's fine. If it's somebody else, then say who it is. Mm-hmm. Who's behind trying to kill this bill? The only way a bill like this can gets killed when it has the the broad broad uh, support in the House, it's got to be somebody that swings a, a, a big stick. I'm just telling well, you that right I don't, now. I don't think it affects anybody's specific budget. I mean, there sometimes you'll see legislation that might be a, a direct funding source for, uh, might affect a direct funding source for a particular agency, maybe the state police or maybe maybe counties, county governments or something of that nature. But I don't think this one has that. I think I, think I, this, I can't say it does or it doesn't. I don't know where that $12 million goes. I can tell you, if it's just going to the general fund, nobody can tell you that. It means it's just sent somewhere, okay? It's just part of the big pot. It's just part of the slush. It's like taking, uh, a, that's it's like, like taking a dime out of your piggy bank. It's like, putting, it's like a dipper. You just dip in, and it comes out with $12 million or whatever. All right, let's get a break in. we got to do that. Uh, and then we'll come back with uh, Congressman Hill. He's supposed to be calling in from Washington, D.C. As I said, he could perhaps be a little late or he could 
perhaps have to leave a little early because there are votes being cast at this time. Outside at State Capitol and joining us by phone from Washington, D.C. is Congressman French Hill. Congressman, good to have you on the show today. How are things in D.C.? Dave, great. It's great to be with you, and thanks for the invitation. Yeah, always. Uh, Let's talk first right off. Yesterday, big vote taken. Nancy Pelosi took a vote to try to override the president's veto uh, of, uh, you know, the the wall and and his constitutional authority to go and get money in other places. And it failed miserably. I saw where you voted no and uh, the rest of the Arkansas delegation voted no in tandem. we didn't really have much of a chance to pass anyway, did it? No, I don't think so. I think uh, there was a strong vote uh, for the president's uh, proposal when uh, it was originally initiated. People did their due diligence that under the Emergencies Act, he does have authority to uh, request reprogramming of funds. And uh, I just certainly did my homework to make sure it wasn't hurting readiness somewhere else in the military, for example. And uh, I was satisfied with that, and I think a majority of my colleagues were. So, no, I don't think there was a a shot at overriding. Yeah, kind of a bad day for Democrats overall, whether they were in the House or in the Senate. Real quick, if you would, we've been talking about something that happened in the Senate. They voted on the GND, the Green New Deal, and uh, it it wasn't much of a vote. All the Republicans voted against it, 57 votes uh, against it, and there there was not one positive vote for it from the Democrats. All of them voted present, and if I'm correct, that's kind of like voting no, isn't it? It is voting no. And yesterday in the House Financial Services Committee, one of my colleagues offered an amendment on a HUD bill, Housing and Urban Development Bill, to apply the Green New Deal principles to HUD housing. And you will be shocked that while uh, Ocasio-Cortez and some of her gang spoke out against it, that not a single one of them uh, voted for uh, supporting the Green New Deal in the House Financial Services Committee yesterday. So they want it their way, and uh, that's what you see by that present vote in the Senate, and that's what you see in a no vote on an amendment yesterday in the House Financial Services. Well, the ridiculousness of it is you have all of these co-sponsors sitting over in the Senate that want to be the standard bearer for the uh, Democrat Party, and they, they're co-sponsoring the bill, and then they vote present when it's time to vote for the bill. I mean, talk about hypocrisy. That's an amazing amount of hypocrisy. Well, you've got it. That's why I say they want to put their name on it, tell you what they think it means, and not take any serious vote for it. It's going to only cost $93 trillion to try to implement it. You're going to have huge increases in electricity bills. You're going to increase the cost of housing. You're going to increase rents. Uh, You're going to eliminate market forces in our energy markets. And you've even got the AFL-CIO saying it's not achievable or realistic and would cause immediate harm. Now, think about this. The AFL-CIO says it would cause immediate harm to millions of our members. So... I don't know why anyone thinks this is a political strategy of any success. 
I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. But as soon as it was voted down, uh, Pelosi came out and said that she has her own Green New Deal, so to speak. Uh, she's not calling it that. Well, what do you know about that thus far? Well, I know they're talking about a non-binding resolution sense of the House. But, I mean, maybe they'll be putting out a new movie called Fifty Shades of Green. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't have a clue with where they're coming from. Yeah. And a non-binding resolution, I, I don't feel that, that it carries no weight. I mean, it doesn't carry weight no, until it's made willing, into law. You no, know, they're they're willing to go up there on the campaign trail, make all these demands, make all these pronouncements, but they're not willing to do the serious work, the tough work of trying to legislate things that uh, are hard to get a majority vote for and then carry that forward in a way that helps the U.S. economy, helps U.S. families, helps taxpayers and makes America a more competitive place to live and work. I mean, Okay, you can say whatever you want to, but that's where the rubber hits the road. Can you make those proposals and sell them to your colleagues? And I don't see any effort at doing that. You know, I laughed yesterday. I was watching Cortez saying, you know, uh, Republicans talking about how stupid this is and blah, 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 blah. She goes, well, it's not stupid when you live in Flint, Michigan, and your child has lead poisoning and blah. And I said, and yeah. The, the Democrats were in control during that time. So, you know. Yeah, and then what, and what does that have to do with, you know, uh, the Green New Deal vis-a-vis a carbon-free energy future? That's about this management at the <laughs> civic level that yeah. can produce a livable water system. You're, it's exactly right. It, it's great how they try to defer it away from what the real issue is. All right, let's talk about Attorney General Barr. Great uh, things happened over the weekend as uh, Mueller let out that report, and then we got the uh, the summary from uh, Attorney General Barr saying no collusion. Now, I, I kind of liked, uh, had to laugh at what Mueller did, said, well, we didn't find any any information for obstruction of justice, but doesn't mean there wasn't some. It's kind of like you're, you're guilty no matter what, you know? I mean, that's kind of how I took that from Mueller. Well, look, his job as a prosecutor is to uh, charge someone with a crime and, and make, a, uh, make an indictment. I mean, and so what he said was, and believe me, with uh, all the people they had, 40 FBI agents, 2,800 subpoenas, and 500 witnesses, if he had found something that indicated that President Trump had done something that was an obstruction of justice charge, I have no doubt Bob Mueller would have brought it. Yep. And he didn't. He says we couldn't find any conclusive evidence, and he recommended to the attorney general for his review. And the attorney general and the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, the former hero to Democrats and heel to Republicans just a few months ago, concurred. He's a professional career official at the Department of Justice. And so yeah. no collusion, no obstruction, time to move on. Let's work on something that benefits American families and our uh, economic well-being and our national security well-being. Yeah, well, how can you have obstruction of justice of something that didn't occur? Right. And <laughs> I mean, that's pretty so, simple, this is, isn't it? This is, this is where Jerry Nadler and the, and the gang are going up here on Capitol Hill now since Bob Mueller 
uh, clearly rejected the entire two-and-a-half-year premise about Trump and the Trump campaign colluding with Russians, and that that was uh, turned out to be the witch hunt, quote-unquote, that the president said it was. They've now moved on to investigating Donald Trump before he was elected president. We have a whole series of hearings on uh, all of his business enterprises before he was president of the United States. And uh, they're looking at this uh, obstruction issue and trying to redefine that any way they want to. Yeah, and that's the way the Democrats do things. They uh, they change words and you play semantics with them. All right, let, let's talk about you guys got a vote coming up on April 2nd that's very, very important. Tell my listeners about that. Well, we have a real opportunity to send a signal to the whole country that uh, the American House of Representatives stands against infanticide. I know your listeners listened with horror during the uh, uh, New York and Virginia cases about babies born alive. They're, they could be killed after they're born in a hospital. Yep. Yep. And uh, so Ann Wagner of Missouri, Steve Scalise, the whip from Louisiana, are opening up a discharge petition on April 2nd. We will all stand in line and sign a discharge petition to bring to the floor uh, the Born Alive Act that will spare babies' uh, lives if they are born alive as a result of a botched abortion. And it's simply a common-sense, human, healing, uh, just, God, how could you feel any other way about it, no matter what your views? So, so basically, Democrats want socialized medicine except for for children who were born through a botched abortion. Is this is this what it is? Yeah, and I just don't even know why we're debating this. But Nancy Pelosi has blocked this bill coming to the floor. Uh, gosh, I want to say uh, almost certainly over 10 times she's blocked it coming. So we hope to get wow. all 197 Republicans to sign this discharge petition, and we're looking for 21 Democrats. And as of today, we've got uh, three Democrats that have co-sponsored the bill. So we're wow. starting. But that's listeners. If you've got listeners on I-30 and I-40 driving through Arkansas who are live in a congressional district with a Democratic member of Congress, I hope they will call their member of Congress and urge them to sign the discharge petition starting April 2nd. Yeah, because there's, there, there's not a, a major difference between killing an unborn child and killing a born child, in my opinion. However, for some people there is. Uh, most people that you talk to that are very, 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 very pro-choice stop at when the child is born. Well, and look, there's a great consensus that's grown over the country and certainly over Europe uh, about people reject late-term abortions generally. You know, this is over the last 50 years of this debate. Clearly, people have come to that conclusion uh, prayerfully, health-wise, for the safety of everyone. And uh, But this is just that final step that I think Americans were dumbfounded and shocked and horrified by when they saw uh, the governor of Virginia and the governor of New York celebrating over the ability to uh, end the life of a baby born alive. Well, I, let's drill down a little further there uh, with you, Congressman. And uh, $150,000 secured for a Little Rock veteran. Tell us this story. 
Well, you know, I've got uh, a wonderful team that helps me every week meet with veterans and try to help them get the benefits and health care they deserve. And just uh, last week, uh, we were able to get $150,000 retroactive payment for a disability claim for a veteran who's now being paid at the 100% disability rate. And this is the kind of fighting that I try to do, and my I guarantee you my uh, vet staff does. They're all uh, served, worn the uniform, and now they're devoting their lives to helping vets. And people can check with us at hill.house.gov. If they have any veteran that needs uh, help, we'd love to step in and be their advocate. Well, besides the April 2nd vote, what else is uh, happening at the uh, congressional level that uh, our listeners should know about? Well, the uh, Nancy Pelosi is bringing a bill to the floor called uh, the Pay Equality Bill. Uh, it's about women's uh, uh, pay. It's really a bill that's geared towards uh, facilitating lawsuits against employers. And we're, we want women to be the boss of the company. This bill really adds no benefits whatsoever to uh, our women in the workforce. Uh, it's illegal to not pay for equal work since uh, the 1963 Payment Act and then obviously the Civil Rights Act of 65. So we have that on the books now, and uh, I don't think this bill is going anywhere in the Senate. And as the spouse of a very hardworking 30-year lawyer and the dad of a young lady who wants to be a doctor, obviously we all support pay equality for equal work. That's not the question. But Nancy Pelosi is running a messaging bill this week, and that's the only major legislation on the House floor this week besides trying to override the president's veto. All right. Well, Congressman, we appreciate you. we got to get a break in, and uh, I won't bring you back for a couple of moments. But the bottom line is thanks for being with us today and uh, giving you us bet. some clarification on what's going on in D.C. You have a great we'll rest of your day. day. Mm, bye-bye now. Bye. All right. Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. P.I. Roofing, Home Solutions, now in the business of cleaning your gutters. The same professionalism they do for their roofing and home repair uh, services. They bring that expertise now to cleaning your gutters. They've purchased Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services. And if you've been one of the great, great uh, uh folks that have uh, been and customers with Tommy's, then here's your opportunity to uh, see uh, P.I. Roofing take care of your gutters. All you got to do, go to piroofing.com. All right, we got about five minutes before we uh, take a break for the four o'clock news, and that's about the time that we have for uh, Senator Terry Rice and about all the time he has for us because he's running between session and another Judiciary Committee meeting that he's got to be at. Uh, House Bill 1342 today uh, didn't get out of committee because there was only four votes. Uh, I've done my homework, and I know that there's one person uh, that was a co-sponsor of the bill, and they haven't, uh, they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't vote. They didn't come into the committee meeting. Uh, is there any chance that we'll see this get out of committee? I'll never give up. Uh, we can run the bill again. Uh, right now, you know, you, you have to have five votes to get it out of committee. So, and you have four. Uh, we're, we're hopeful we have four. You never know to the vote. Okay. But uh, we're close. We, you know, continue to work it. Uh, the public is uh, sure welcome to 
let them have input in the legislators from their area because this touches people all the way across the state. Absolutely. As Representative Payton may have described earlier when he was on the radio, going from 4,000 to 7,500 actually can let you have a car that uh, you might buy, he said, something 7,000, where you may get a little bit of drivetrain warranty on a used car Mm -hmm. of that price where you don't get anything on something that's 4,000. So you're going to get a little better quality car. This touches everybody, and I think it's something that we can let people know that they visibly see. They don't necessarily see a tax cut come across their check these little little big but when they buy a car they're going to notice the difference you know this just seems such like a no-brainer to me and and not only because of what you just said but just as a pr move by the republican party to say see we are out to take care of the the average joe and joette that's out there and and again while we can agree or disagree on you know other uh, taxes that's needed in certain areas this is Again, I, I totally agree with you, I, and as I relate all the way up to the top branch, uh, it is a good PR that we can get people. And $12 million is not anything to be sneezed at, but the budget we have, I think it's doable. And again, when we offered the amendment to put it off to go in effect later uh, in future years, we can we can work that into the future budgets and get it done. And what's the thought of the senators when you got 87 House members that all supported it? I mean, it was bipartisan. Absolutely, it was bipartisan, and I appreciate uh, Representative Payton's comments. And he said he didn't feel like it was his bill when he got that many people on there. He <laughs> felt like it was the whole legislature's bill, sure. and, and for good reason. Yeah, absolutely. So what else is happening uh, for you? I mean, you, know, you got this bill. What else is sitting out there? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm running some DCSF child care uh, issues uh, that, that we've worked for, Central Clark has worked extensively on we did in past JPR uh, committees to ensure family safety and child safety without going over the top as uh, you've covered some before and uh, hopefully correcting some of that uh, as you know they just passed the uh, and there's different pieces of Medicaid budget but the Medicaid budget SB 99 uh, passed with exactly the number of votes that it had to have mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, it was somewhat alarming yesterday when they had the, the uh, special joint budget meeting to uh, uh, take care of a few matters and to pass that out to get it on the floor today. So the session's getting closer to wrap up, and they're trying to pull strings together. How much longer do you think we have to go? I, you know, they they were saying it was going to be the 12th to get out of here. I, you know, I, it, it could be a little bit earlier than that, but some things have to fall in place. We're going to be staying. We stayed at 8, 8 o'clock the other night in the Senate wow. Judiciary. Very likely be there tonight. They're saying other committees are going to meet late to get these bills through because transformation uh, bills from the, and the governor's doing held up a lot of uh, the Bureau's work time, and so now some of that's rolling out. Okay, so it's all going into the, into the pipeline, yes. but only so much at, at a time can go through it. And you need to hear enough of it. Sometimes we go too long, but you got to hear enough of it to weed out what's good and bad and, and have input on it, and that's only fair. Well, just wanted to let you know that I'm doing everything I can with my listeners to throw support between HB 1342. Being a Republican, it just dumbfounds me that we wouldn't have an overriding amount of people behind this bill. And again, Dave, we're, we're going to take this out of a future budget. Yes. We've got time to build this in. Yeah. There's no reason we can't do it. All right. We appreciate you, Senator, for Thank coming you for by. Me. I know you're busy. 
So we'll let you get back to your business. Thank you. Keep up good <laughs> Thank work. Thank you Appreciate very much. It. All right. That's uh, State Senator Terry Rice here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Again, uh, I've given you the numbers for uh, Cecile Beds- uh, Bledsoe. You need to call her and tell her to back to back HB 1342. She's a freaking co-sponsor. Governor, I know somewhere you're lurking back there. You need to do what's right. It's Dave Ellswick Show, a break, and then Joe and Duck will be with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We are on the third floor of the state capitol on the House side. House is out of session right now. The Senate is out of session. They were out just for a few moments, and now uh, they're into uh, committee meetings at this time. So... When Senator Rice came by and I said we had five minutes, that's what we had. That was it. <laughs> he was stopping in to talk to us, and we appreciate that he came in to talk about HB 1342. And then on top, then he he gave me five minutes, and so I took the five five minutes. And I don't try to hold them up anymore. They got business they got to take care of, and uh, I walked around to hit the candy machine. And yeah, you didn't bring us nothing. I got Skittles if you want some. You want a Skittle? I'd take one of these. I'll uh, pass. You got he got to take a shot if he takes the Skittle. So needle, Skittle, no Skittle, no needle. I would think I'd nah, do. Nah, I do. No it's, still, it's still needle. Okay, no needle. That's what we want. All right. So anyway, bottom line is this. Uh, he wants to remind you that he needs one more vote in that, uh, that committee. Well, I got time. Let me just remind you again because I don't mind reminding you about who the senator is that's holding this whole process up and it's Cecile Bledsoe and uh, this is the only time in in the 17 years I've been here that I've had a crossword with the senator she's been nothing but great on issues as far as I'm concerned but on this she's wrong I personally think she's taking her marching orders for, from the governor and uh because he don't want to give up that $12 million, and he doesn't have to, not right now, not for two years. You come up and you do your, your, your budget in two years, you can massage that. It's $12 million out of eight, you know, eight from what, $5.7 billion. That probably ain't even one-tenth of a percent. Dave. I have no idea what it is. All I know is it's, it ain't nothing compared to some of the things they've been dealing with. So, uh, Senator Bledsoe's number is 479-636-2115. If it uh, says that it's filled up, call the uh, the Senate number uh, here at the Capitol, and they'll take your message and make sure that uh, she gets it. Just tell us it's for Senator Bledsoe to show up in committee and vote for HB 1342 and move it to the floor of the Senate uh, for the used car tax. So you want to do that now. Plus, would you share it with your friends on Facebook? Have them call, too. Give them the number. Have them call her. That's just the only way that I know to, to get this done is for you to call and just and call and call and call and call period don't give up and that's, that's exactly right you can't give up you just gotta keep calling all right duck and joe are both here today yeah. duck was out at bowl shoals last week there joe yeah yeah we took a few days off 
He should have brought us something to eat. I ate it all up. Yeah, I mean, Bowl Show's a good place to eat up there. It really, really is. Yeah, you we went, went to Lindsay's. And that's a great place to eat, man. What we did went you? To, turn what? it up just a little bit, Dave. Okay. There you go. I can hear you okay, now. Okay, now you can hear we me. We went to Lindsay's and had had lunch. We, I was telling you about Did you have the, trout? No, I actually had... Uh, Dude, you always have trout at Lindsay's. I don't Come like on. trout. I don't like trout. Oh, you don't like trout? Teresa had it, but I don't like oh, trout. Trout's good. I don't like trout. I don't like the way it tastes. Okay. All right. I won't argue with you. I had a, uh, a steak deal in. But we, I was telling you about, we went to the... Steak's good, too. To the 178 Club. Okay, I had not even heard of this. And you go all the way through bull shows, and you go out there about a mile and a half, two miles, it's on the left. We we had neither. We stopped at a uh, antique uh, fishing lure place because I, w- I wanted to go in and look at it. And you collect got, fishing lures? No, but this guy, he's got a room. I'm talking about hanging from the ceiling. Every place in there has got a lure hanging. Okay. And he goes around by his antique lures and resells them and stuff like that. And uh, he writes a couple of papers, uh, a couple of articles for some of the magazines, like uh, the the, the uh, Arkansas Co-op magazine. He writes one for them. Yeah. Then he's got four or five he writes. But this guy was a character. Uh, he'd walk through, point at this one, point at that one, you know. I got this one from so-and-so. I got this one from so-and-so. He had one in there from Willie Nelson. It was signed by Willie Nelson and stuff. And But it, it was pretty neat. Uh, but the 178 Club, he's the one who told us about it. We went around there and had supper. It was Willie Nelson told you about it? No, no, the guy at the oh. antique place. <laughs> but we went around and had supper, and it, it was good. Uh, but we just didn't do nothing. We just watched it rain hard one night. Oh. Yeah, it thundered and lightning, and you could you could watch the whole river light up when it was lightning. And they're running all eight generators right at the moment. I bet you it's flowing pretty good up there. They said it's running 13, 14 mile an hour right at the moment. Wow. I don't know but if I'd want to get out in the river and do any fishing or anything. They was all, you needed a number to take a spot to fish in that spot. There's so many boats on the river. Did you go up close to the dam? Yeah, we camped right up by the dam. No, did you? Okay. Yeah, Spring Rib Campground, we camped there, and then we camped over at Boyle Shoals a couple of days. But it, they're sucking the bottom out of that. I bet it's down 30 feet. From, you know, where you can see where the water usually is, I bet yeah. it's down 30 feet. Really? I don't understand how that is compared to all the rain we've got. They're getting year. ready for the rain. Yeah, that's, oh. that's what the... Drawing it down because they know it's coming. Oh, my God. Yeah, they said they're worried about a lot of this that water makes coming me out water. Of... That makes me worry with mm-hmm. as much rain as we've already had. Well, they're more worried about the water coming up north than they are really the rain around here. Okay. They Snow said, melt. Yeah, they're worried about it coming down, you know, and flooding it. But they're working it over right at the moment. I mean, I, I was kind of amazed because very seldom you see the water as high as it was and running as fast as it was. But it was getting it. Okay. Sounds good. By the way, the, the spring that's up there and was it north kind of to the northeast up there by Missouri? What's spring it? River. I mean, but yeah, it, it feeds the spring. I forget what the name of that uh, that uh, spring is that mm-hmm. comes out. It's one. It's the second largest in the United Bubbles States. Bubbles up out of the ground. Yeah. It, do does it increase its amount of flow when it's been raining like it's been? They raining? say it does. Does it? Yep. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of that rain. A lot of that water comes from Missouri. Yeah. It, uh, they said they went Surprised to some they don't town try to charge up, it. up in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> And dyed it, and it, that's where it come out at. Some spring up in Missouri, they said that it's underground spring, and they they. I fished the spring, man. That's a fun place to fish. It really is good. That it's water, a, I ran down there, stuck my hand in that water down there. And, oh, it's ice cold. Uh, you know, and it's ice cold like that in the middle of July. 
Yep. Well, a lot up. of folks like go canoeing up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I stay on the family side. Yep. Because there is not a fa- there is one side that's not a family side. Now, Dave. Girls gone wild. Uh, that don't mm. even fit in that category. <laughs> it's even it's even wilder than that, to be honest when with you. When you're canoeing down the river and you got police standing in the middle of the river telling you to come here a minute. Yeah. You know, it's. There's a problem. Yeah, it's. Yeah, you're right. Joe, what have you been up to? I hadn't seen you since Wednesday. Ah, just the same old thing, Dave. Just working. Working hard. You betcha. You guys busy? Yeah, we are. Everybody getting ready for the summer? I just doing some AC repairs. I put a couple compressors on and do a couple charges. And I got motor overhaul jobs. Folks are kind of gearing up for the AC season, which is the good. They need to yeah, get do in it now. It yeah, and do it now before you got to sit in line. That's it. You know, Joe will say, "Well, you need to get it done a couple weeks from now." I got an opening. I mean, it gets like that. It can, yes. I mean, if you come in and it's just low and you charge it, it can do that in one day. But if it if it's got a compressor issue or you know something evaporator core leaking, yeah, something like that, you might be a day or two without it just to get it in line. So. Don't want to be without your car. You know, lady, I did the AC compressor on on the little uh, Dodge Nitro. She said, "Well, they have those parts in stock." I said, "Ma'am, this is springtime. They got them." Yeah. yeah, they're geared up for it now. Fall over bumper Man, to bumper, hey, they got their they got their shelves full AC parts, oh, don't they? Doug? Oh, you better believe they do. Uh, you know, in all kinds, AC Delco, you know, motorcraft, anything you basically want, they got them full. Okay, so what's going on with you, sir? About you're having so many people come by. You said you're rebuilding engines. What's yeah, wrong? It's just this time of the year they start going down. There, I got uh, three right now going. Finished up three last week. What was wrong with them? Just wore out. No, oh, okay. One of my guys, the guy, served it himself and didn't put the air filter back in it. Uh oh. Yeah. Wow. That'll ruin one quick, right yeah, there. Yeah, you probably believe Joe, that. The guys had wore the valve stems out so bad mm-hmm. that I, you know, the guy called me so I can't grind these valves. What's the matter? And he said they're. The, the face is good. The stem is wore out. Yeah. So okay, dusting it. Put new ones in it. It's all you can do. But, that, you know, that's a clear case of maintenance right there, isn't it, Doc? Yeah, it's strictly maintenance. You know, because you cannot ingest unfiltered air into a combustion engine because you won't be amazed at how much dust and dirt and pollen. Even pollen will do it. It's like sandpaper. It wears the inside of that engine out. Speaking of that, Joe, mm-hmm. I got a 2016 Chevrolet pickup. Customer put his own uh, K&N air filter on it. Cold air intake. Put the box in it, mm-hmm. put the filter in it, slide the filter up on the hose, put the clamp on it. Mm-hmm. He didn't get it on good. Mm-hmm. Run it, didn't it? It's using about four quarts of oil a week. Yep. Back and forth to Little Rock. Yep. He said, what's the matter? And I said, that's the day, you know. Ain't nothing you do except put another motor in it. Oh, no. Yeah, it's got 83,000 miles on it. Well, that's that's what I was trying to explain. Our terminology, dusting, a lot of folks don't know what that yeah. is. That's sucking in unfiltered air into unfiltered the engine, air. Yep. right into the air inlet, and it goes right straight down the combustion chamber. So if you were on a dusty road in that brown dust that you're breathing, it goes right in that motor. And it's like sandpaper on the moving components inside that engine. The rings, the pistons, the cylinder quickly. walls, the valves, it'll wear them out and just... If you had sand up there and you was dropping it in there, how long do you think it'd last? But pollen is, is similar to sand because that, that's that's like sand. Yeah, look at pollen under a microscope. That's it. It looks like a cuckoo burl. It that's does. 
it does. It's got all kinds of uh, pointy things sticking out of it. Absolutely. And it, it does bad damage. Yes. I think, I think, Duck, you've talked about of all the pressure in those, uh, you know, uh, gasoline injectors and stuff, that it just will eat the inside of a motor up. Oh, it will. It, you, you know, Dave, you, and you think about this, too, a gas burner runs 150 pounds of compression. Yep. A diesel pickup and a, and a uh, you know, like a diesel pickup with a 6.6 or seven three or 6.0, the minimum it will fire on is 280 pounds. Yeah. You know, a good one is running somewhere around 400 pounds of compression. You know, you take a big truck, it runs somewhere around 800 pounds of compression. When it gets down to 400 pounds, it won't fire no more. Don't have, it won't, you know, it don't have enough compression. It doesn't compress the air, get to light hot it. enough to light off the diesel. Fuel. To light it, yeah. That's it. All right. So those are little things that, and it's not a little thing, but what I'm just saying, it's a little thing that you and I, and when I'm saying you and I, I'm talking to the average listener out there, have no idea about. The importance of an air filter. And, and let's go back to Duck's little problem with the 2016 and the K&N air, the filter. cool air intake and the filter not being installed properly. In, in proper in, in proper insulation is, is important, but I'm going to tell you something else about a K&N air filter, okay? If you're not ready, if you own the vehicle and you're not ready to take it off and clean it, you don't ever need to put one on it. Well, Joe, I, I, Because I, the oil-based uh, spray you put on there to lube it, so it catches all those particles, goes in there, and it gets the mass airflow gummed up every time. And 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 it is a nightmare for us, isn't it? Doug? It, and it, you know, and I tell you, know, like I told this customer, I said, look, if that K and N air filter was that great, that had it on there, General Motors would have put it on at the factory. That's right. I said, you know how much money they researched putting that air filter that come from the factory on that thing mm-hmm. to make it perform the very best it can perform. I said. They probably spent millions researching it, don't you think? Well, anytime there's a combustion engine designed and built, there's a lot of little guys running around in lab coats. Yeah, looking. And, and I'm going to tell you, these engines have been run, test run, and what they do is they'll say, what's the max amount of fuel injection pressure we can run, and how long will that engine last, and what kind of horsepower, what kind of foot-pounds of torque does it put out? Yeah. And they'll run it at this, and they'll see what the longevity is. Now, the key to this whole deal is this that they run all of that stuff at the maximum they can to do three things one give it the most power you can get you can have two make it last as long as it can yep and three get the best fuel economy and the third one is 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 a major one what the air cleaner is for that's it but if you alter that in some way shape or form you're taking away from something else yes and most of you're the time it else. is the life of the engine yes and and that's what happened to this one you know and i you know told the guy i said you know look oh, he got two miles a gallon better fuel economy but he's a five thousand dollar engine that really works <laughs> at least <laughs> that's a you know, math on that. off yeah but, you know but that's what i try to explain to people you know, and, and people look at me, well, why is air filter so important? I said, because if it don't filter the nasty air that you're breathing, if your body don't filter that nasty air out, guess what? You're not going to make it very long either. That's it. Just like your motor. Your nose, it got uh, little hairs in it to clean the air as it goes in. Your lungs, you know, they breathe through your mouth. The moisture in your mouth collects those particles so it don't go in your lungs. Hey, air filter, same thing. If you don't, you know, and I don't understand this, why you would spend two, three hundred dollars to convert this thing over to something 
when it's noisy, you can hear every time you open the throttle up, it's roar, you can and, hear it. And if you snap it real quick, you hear it go, whoa, 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 yeah. through the, back through the intake. So you, 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 I just don't understand why anybody wants to spend that kind of money to, to gain just a little bit of fuel economy. you got to put up with the noise. you got to put up with cleaning that filter. And, you know, if you come into Joe's garage and you say, i got a can and filter, here's the stuff to clean it with, I'm going to charge you $50, and it'll be overnight before you leave. Yeah, because it has to it be has spr- to cleaned and dried and then resprayed. Yeah. So you're stuck there. You, you know? know. And I tell the guy, I said, man, here, just put a paper filter in there and put that in the back of the truck. If he wants to clean it, clean it when he gets home. Yeah, he can but clean it. Buying that $11 yeah. filter right there. Yeah, he can clean it and dry it <laughs> himself know? and then spray it and put it back in. That's it. But, but there again, and that's what I told this guy. I said, if this was so great, General Motors and Ford and Dodge and Hino. They, they would make it normal they equipment. They would all have it on there, you know. And and that's what I tell people. It's or kind they of, would just charge you for it and you could have it. You know, be part of the the car when yeah. it's delivered to yeah. you. you but know, you, you know, e- even the K and N's, you have to take them off. You know, they say it's a lifetime filter. It saves you so much over the life of the vehicle. Three hundred thousand miles. You buy these fifteen or twenty dollar air filters. They wear them out. They get dirty. You throw them away. You put a new one in. Theirs lasts forever. Well, but you had to clean it. If you don't clean it, it don't do no good. Yeah. You're right. And I've you know, had a man. If they want me to do it, well, just clean that for me. It ain't that simple. It's a it's a 30-minute process, ain't it? I've, I've had them come in and, and, you know, the ridges, you know, the valleys and the ridges. Yeah. Be it'll, be level, it'll be level over. Yeah. You know, it's so dirty. And, you know, and that's, I'm like you. Here's your filter. And put I'll it put in a the back of the truck and put a paper filter in there. I'll put it in a plastic bag yeah. and tell the guys, you know, because your crap's yeah, in if you charge it. I like it. You're using an air compressor and just blowing it out, no, right? No, you had to physically wash it. You, you had to took it, you, it comes with this. You have to go over to a fountain, I mean, a, a sink with running water down. Right. And a brush. And, and you have a, uh, a detergent you put on there, and you clean it, and they tell you if you don't do it the right way, it ruins it. Now, that's Like I said just a minute ago, I put them in the back of the truck and say, your crap's in the back, and I got your new haircut. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, but I'm the same way. I don't clean them because if mm-hmm. if I clean it and poke a hole in it or yeah, something, guess who they're going to be it. back hollering at? Yeah, you. I messed me. up my $50 old hair filter. So I, right. I don't. You know, I just smile real big and tell them, here you go. All right, so... Air filters are really, really important. It's, it's important like that everybody filters. thinks about it. So fuel filters are important. That's why you guys use bumper-to-bumper. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, their filter selection is great. You know, they uh, you can get Wix filters from them on my uh, cabin air filters. I stock Wix filters mm-hmm. and my oil filters and, and fuel filters. It's parts master, but they're all made by Wix. And uh, they got a full line of that stuff, Dave. And so if you're looking to buy a walk-in do-yourself or whatever and buy a quality air filter at a good price go to bumper to bumper and get your parts master good stuff instead of going to bumper to bumper just go to a certified service center from and bumper to bumper and they do it for free yep. yeah, that's the way that's the way to get it done i don't know if we'll put it in for free but we'll sure sell you one yeah and take care of it for well, us some fuel filters now a lot of vehicles late models don't have an inline filter because single line system but they do have one in the tank but generally it's it's a lifetime yeah it'll last as long as the pump lasts most of the time i was going to say you, you'll you get take eight or 10, out 12 years out of it yeah. before it goes down you have to take the tank out to change it so if you did that you'd want to put a new pump in anyway yeah. So that's that's the way that works. But the older models that were they were two line system, fuel line system, and had a return line. The fuel filters constantly filtering the fuel. All right. So get all the good parts and get all the great uh, professionalism 
From the Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Centers here in Central Arkansas, you need to find one specifically. Just uh, Google it, and it'll pop it. up. They're easy to find. So Dave Ellswick's show. We're in the Capitol. We're on the third floor house side. I'll be back with Joe and Duck. Your calls at 823-0965. I got to tell you what. I had a new, uh, I can't say, I want to say new. Well, for my car, it was new, but it wasn't a new engine. It was kind of an engine transplant. It was taken. Yeah. It was taken out of another car and put to my car. The heart was taken out and, and moved over into your. That's car. right. That's and, and the engine is the heart of your car. So over at Sunny's Auto Salvage, I've now had an engine, and I've had a transmission, and I've had a rear tail light, and I've had the 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 the, the, the staff for the antenna. antenna. Did you get it put on? Yeah, it's done. Did it work any better? Yeah, I can actually hear. I listen to 101.1 FM all the time. Uh, I was having real problems with it when I was driving down 67, 167 (laughs) in Jacksonville and whenever I was driving around uh, Cabot. No problem now. So I don't want to hear anybody say, well, Dave, I can't hear you. Oh, yeah, you can. I'm just as good as the Verizon guy. I'm just (laughs) telling you, you can hear me now. All right. Mm-hmm. You make sure you Man, listen to the show. They sure made that road up there nice when they get completely through. Oh, it's through. done. It's just Both sides. all they're doing on the other side. They had mm-hmm. had it one lane when I came in today. Yep, Joe, when I put, went that way to Cersei, it had I one guess lane they were down. Painting some kind of stripe yep. on there. Mm-hmm. The only other thing there'll be is some overnight uh, stoppages, so they put the signs up. That and some uh, little. Markers on there reflectors. to tell you. Oh, the reflectors. reflectors. Yeah. They put in the wrong lane. But I'm just telling you what, right now, I'm liking it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went through nice. here this morning and I looked around and I thought, holy man, this is nice. Got a lot if of If they'll just now. fix that other little spot between, you know, they're in Jacksonville yeah. now, which they have already got that set up to repair. But, but they, yeah, they got to still buy some land in and that, that area. That's going to be, you know, it's kind of like Interstate 30 out here when they go from the, end, the last bit and exit to the Highway 70. They said it's going to take four and a half years to do that. Now they're still purchasing land and stuff, so still. Yeah, they got all their. Matter of fact, they're going to start uh, April the thirteenth, I think it is. Yeah, they'll do it in pieces. That's what, a lot of times this is the way that they do it. All right. So the bottom line: good to Sunny's Auto Salvage. You can do like me. You can be driving around in your car and not have a car payment. And I'm liking that. Yep. I've gotten used to that now, Joe. No car payments. No great, car payments man. big. So you insinuate and you got spoiled, Dave? I have, well, I've got spoilers. I'm not paid $666 a month now for two years. That's that's a nice savings plan right yep. there. And I haven't spent that much money having the car fixed. That's correct. That's the big deal. But, Dave, what you're doing is maintenance. I'll take maintenance. It's about seven thousand five hundred a year. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Two isn't years. It? That's fifteen. Attention, Dave. <laughs> I guess. I have no idea. Bottom line, it's it's interesting dealing with uh, with that. You know, just keep that in mind. Well, RD can't get to you, but there'll be somebody there that can handle you. All right, let's go ahead and get the break in right now uh, that we would take at forty five. And uh, we got evidently some problems, and we need no, to you're clear there, those Dave. up. Go ahead and take we're, Bob. We're here, there. Okay, Bob is on the line with us. Bob, how are you? And and welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. And say hi to Duck and Joe. Hello, hey, Duck. Hello, Joe. How are you doing today? Good. I have a question about. I got a 2014 Ford Explorer, 
Um, and it's when I make a corner every now and then or backing up, I'll get a popping in the in the front end. I have checked the suspension. I have checked the CVs. It's not a steady pop. It just happens every now and then. Have you guys come across anything like that? What's the mileage on this? Uh, 55000 well, at 55K, traditionally, you wouldn't have any wore-out suspension parts. It's possible. Say. But, but I'm going to tell you, if you yourself, it's got a lot to do with how you jacked that vehicle up to whether or not you can unload the joints to check them. Yeah. I, so. I did. I, I did it with the, the chassis and then grabbed the uh, the joints, twisted them, popped them. I had it on a, yeah. a lift on base, and uh, I can't find well, anything. Well, and I understand I've seen something online but, about that there's um, a metal to metal, but I, I don't understand where they're talking. Well, there's two things. One, if you raise it up on a lift and the suspension hangs down, you, you loaded it. You, it's, it's loaded. You're not going to find any slack. You have to actually jack it up at ride height, just like it is underneath the car when you're driving, to unload the joints. And then you're going to have to pry between, on that particular vehicle, between, is this two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive? Four-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive. You have to pry between the, the arm and the spindle to check slack in the joints. Yes. But at that mileage, they shouldn't be wore out, but they could be just because there are not any grease fittings. And you can yeah, get a, a split boot and a little water in there, and that joint will get rusty, and it'll pop and creak. And and, and, I, and I have seen the sway bar links yes. pop and squeak on them things, too. And, you, and if you jack okay. it up with it raised up and the suspension hang down, you can't check the sway bar links. They have to be checked at just at the same height as if you're, you're riding, riding down, down the road. You need it on a drive-on lift is what you need. Yeah. I, I, so I, when I changed the oil, I did have it on a drive-on, and I, I, I've had it on the hanging, on the drive-on, and on my yeah. floor jack, and I can't find anything loose. Well, so, you said yeah. on the base with Little Rock Air Force Base? Yeah. Okay, well, I think the closest CSC would probably be me, wouldn't it, Doug? Know anybody out there in that nope, area? It no, be you. it would be you. Okay, but if you'll come by the shop, I'll be happy to check it for you, and you you stand out there when we do it and watch us do it, okay? All right. But if there's any slack, great. I'll help you find it. And, and you know, because noises, it, for the information, they're hard for us to diagnose without actually seeing the vehicle, okay? Yeah, I, I understand. I, I, I've been working on cars my whole life, but this is the first time I've not been able yeah. to find any. But the sway bar say. links on them things, they had a lot of trouble out of them. Yeah, they did. Okay. But, okay. but if you'll come by, I'll, I'll, I'll help you check it. And if you want to fix it yourself, that's fine. I'll, just have, I'll help you figure out what's going on with it. Okay, Bob? I appreciate that, sir. Thank you. You're All right. welcome. Thanks for the call. Thank you. All right. Let's get a break in. Then we'll come back and finish up this hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Joe and Duck are here. They're your certified... Just for just certified to, service. Thank center. you. I just bumper went to totally blank. <laughs> you ought to have seen his face. <laughs> that was a bad feeling. You're, you're, you're looking at your screen for your radio. You're looking at your phone. You're talking to us. And yeah. You just had one of them little pauses. There, it was. Right? It was bad. My brain froze up. Yeah. All right, but we'll be back. We'll talk more when we get uh, back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got a question? Eight two three zero nine six five. Eight two three zero nine six five. Don't forget, coming back up in the bottom of or top of next hour, uh, we've got the uh, Speaker of the House is going to stop by. 
and I believe a couple other uh, legislators are going to stop by and talk with us uh, in the final hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, you have questions about your car, call uh, questions about your pickup, or maybe you got a diesel, uh, here's your opportunity to call and get any question you have answered to the best of their ability. And Joe and Duck is here. Joe from Joe's Garage over on Crystal Hills Road in uh, North Little Rock. And then you got Duck here, and he is at Duck's Garage. Uh, he is down on, I'm going to try to get it right now, Air Lane Drive. Hey, you got it In right. Benton. Now, you usually say airline, but airline, it's airline, but it's airline. You can right. call it whatever you want to call it, Dave. But the bottom line, and it's uh, it's thief free now. We hope. No, not yet. No, You're getting close. No, no. Did they let those guys out again? They ain't got the rest of them caught yet. Oh, okay. So somebody, I call, I call somebody Monday night about eleven thirty. I'd like to step back just a little bit, and you know, the the caller Bob called in about the front end, the yes. way he was checking it. Now, the suspension on these automobiles has changed from what it used to be years ago, Dave. What a big surprise. Even a four-wheel drive <laughs> used to have a, 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 a axle housing in the front. Now it's just got a chunk in there because it's independent suspension Spencer. four-wheel. And so, and even just like if you jack that up and it's off the ground and you say, I'm going to check this tire rod in, you check it for slack. That's not a good test because it's not at ride height. Which means that most of the rack and pinions today, they are rack and pinions. They're not integral steering gears. Which means when you raise it up and the wheels hang down, it changes the ball position in the tire rod end. Takes where, it out where? of the wear out spot. It takes it out of the wear out spot and puts it in a new spot. It'll feel tight up in the air, but you put it on the ground and check it. Clunk, clunk, it's got slack yeah, in it, right? You think, hmm, what's wrong with this picture? That's it. And, and so how you check that suspension, it depends on the year to make the model. And how it's designed and built. And if you don't jack it up and test it properly, you'll never find your problem. Speaking of that, uh, Joe, I had a, I got a fire truck in there. I had it. It went home today. The, they sent it somewhere to get the front end line. The guy called me and said, hey, I can't line this. The king pins have froze up in it. Yep. And, and this is a 20,000-pound front axle. It's on a big fire truck. Mm-hmm. So I get it over there, jack it, get it inside, and Tim starts looking at it. He comes over and tells me. He said, hey, this thing has new king pins in it. I said, well, knock the tie rod ends loose and see if, you know, yeah, the drag see, if, see if you can turn it. I go back here, and he's got a five-foot bar stuck in the wheel trying to turn it. <laughs> it needed some grease, And it won't it? move. <laughs> now, uh, when they, the guy shimmed it too tight. And he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't ream it out good enough, did he? No, when you, you know, you got a bearing you put in the bottom of it, yep. you shim it, you know, yep. take the up and down slide. Yeah. He, you could see we took a hammer and drove the bearing in. Sh- oh, just shimmed okay. it too tight. So and the it, shims were too tight and he drove the bearing in and messed the bearing up. Exactly. Yep. And then when I got it apart, I stuck the spin, the, the pin down in the axle and it goes clunk, 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 clunk. In the bushings? No, in the axle. Oh, okay. But there's a guy. Now, now, wait, tell me something. If somebody does that and they can't tell that they've screwed up, well, you would think they could. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but 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 there's no telling who done that. Yeah, yeah. And number number two, the hardest thing to find is something that a man created. Yeah. Okay. You know, but you look and they look good. You know, the the, the yeah. kingpins look good. The baron, you can see where they're being hit a little bit, but they're brand new. I mean, there it's not even gotten dirty. It ain't been in there but a month while I've been towed. And so, but we knocked it apart and it stuck the pin down in the axle. Yeah. And that was where all the slack was all along. Yeah. So what they did, they shimmed it too tight to take that out try of it. And try and correct that when the ha- the axle was what was bad. Yeah, the axle was wore out. So yeah. I called I called Micah over at the 
axle doctor and he come mm-hmm. over yesterday and bored both hose and put two stainless steel sleeves in it and mm-hmm. i seen it home a while ago russell called me on the way over here and said dad t- call bill and tell him to come get it good deal but that's just by somebody doing something that didn't really know what they was doing and then they tried to tried to fix a problem that they didn't want to deal with or didn't know how to deal with uh, yeah it, you know uh instead of just stopping saying hey look you know, right something's wrong we got it too tight you know we tried to make it work now i gotta tell you guys a story okay you know you're always talking about rodents getting in cars yes well my dishwasher stopped <laughs> and i had somebody come over to fix it mm-hmm. they pulled it out mm-hmm. a mouse a field mouse evidently is somewhere in my kitchen mm-hmm. and soon i will be putting poison down and several mice traps if you'll come by the shop, I'll give you some poison. You don't have to worry about it. Okay. I guarantee you. Will they go outside and die? Well, let me explain. Yes, they'll so, go outside so and die. So this, this is, this is, a, is a common happening, and me and Duck see it all the time with cars. Let's just say <clears throat> you bring in a car that's been chewed up. Right. Are those rodents still in that car or that truck? We don't have any way of knowing. Right. It no sits idea. inside the shop at night and the lights are turned down and all that. Well, they get out, okay? Well, we right. don't want that at our place. So no, you, we, don't, you don't we, want somebody else's problem. Twice a year, we're putting out this poison. It's called one bite. One bite. Yes, and I've got a whole tub full of it. You come by there and give you a couple packs. You put that underneath that dishwasher yeah. where he's been he'll come back they're creatures of habit they're coming back to the same place to feed again i promise you okay yeah you, you need to put, put new water there. in there so they have something good to eat and yeah. he'll eat this <laughs> and then he'll go outside and die and it'll be over with well see now that's that's the question my wife and i are are facing right now i'm going to have to have an electrician fix the, the, wire. the wiring inside mm-hmm. the thing and i've already paid eighty dollars to have a guy out pull it out and go oh Sorry, you got mice. You know, you need an electrician now. And uh, so I was talking to Linda, and I said, hey, do you think we want to do, you know, fix it, or should we just buy a new one? Did they chew up inside it? Or Yes, he went inside of it. Yes. You as well buy a new one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going, to, I'm going over tonight to my yeah. favorite place, Home Depot. <laughs> they'll, they'll probably fix you up. Yeah. And take care of it. But, uh, yeah, I... Uh, he tore. I mean, he he ate through that hose that's got the metal mesh in it. He was hungry, Dave. You come by the shop. I got something for him. Okay? I'll come by and see you tomorrow but, morning. But, but Dave, let me explain <laughs> something gone. to you. Don't touch that with your human hands. Yeah. Okay. I'll put gloves on. If you if you get your human scent on it, they won't ever come touch it. Okay. You, you can you can you can tear these little bags open. Yeah. And this little bitty hole because they'll they'll find it oh yeah you just tear a little bitty hole in these bags and put them under there hey i promise you next time you ever look at them bags again it'll be eaten on but it won't be the same mouse twice i promise you <laughs> that's why they call it one bite one bite and you're done okay that's right. i'll keep that in mind but yeah that's in them it's amazing how much damage this guy has eaten through wood yeah. to make his hole to come in. through yeah Unbelievable, Dave! You ought to see their teeth. Let them bite into your finger. No, no, I don't think I want that to happen. Come on, let's try it. I've always, I've always heard that the reason that they're always chewing is it's to keep their teeth from getting too, from getting them too sharp. They'll grow up through their head. Yeah, they grow through their head. I fixed three cars this week because of rodents chewing up wires. Okay, that ain't knock on wood. I ain't had none this week. Mine was last week. (laughs) (laughs) That should make me feel better, but it doesn't. I, I saved one of the connectors around. off an injector where they'd chewed the, down to the copper and got the copper twisted together on an injector, and it was running real bad. And actually, what what, what you have happen there is uh, 
it'll take out that cylinder plus it affects some of the other ones because some of these cars fire sequentially and they're on the on the same drivers same, same driver yeah so you have you have an issue like that and you explain it to the folks but they don't they don't pay attention dave right and then they don't put the poison out you don't necessarily have to put it underneath the car, but you have to put it underneath the hood somewhere where it won't blow out. In the corner somewhere. Yeah, tuck it back. Those ro- those rodents will find that because it, it's an attractant. They can smell it, and it smells good to them. They're going to go eat it. Okay. But so it, guess it what out. most of that stuff is made out of? Soybean. Now, guess what covers your wires? Soybean. Soybean. That's right. <laughs> so, you know. Anyway, he. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but you may uh, not ever see. No, yeah. I haven't seen. But I haven't seen. Evidently, Linda said you won't believe all the damage he did. <laughs> uh, him, him, or she, or whatever it was. Well, I you, hope it wasn't a she. You, know, you, you have you have folks, and you know, and you think, well, how could you get a mouse in your house? Have you done something? You never. No, you're not. But nope. you have boxes come in, okay? Or you'll have uh, you'll buy a piece of furniture or something, or even cardboard boxes. You open one up, you won't see no mouse. They're good at hiding. Yeah. But somehow or another, it's been probably transported in accidentally. I had a front-end machine one time that sat in my shop, and I got a mouse infestation from it. It sat there, but two weeks before they come put it in, had mice everywhere. Wow. And, and we were putting the poison out and killing them, but it was like, man, they must have bred in that box <laughs> on the way over here. You know, it was a wooden crate, and it was nailed up. But yeah. I got, you know, one day we're mouse-free, the next day we're infested. Like, where'd it come from? Well, have you ever Coming seen how, that box. how flat they can get? Oh, yeah. They can they're, they're, they get their nose through the hole, their whole head goes through well, their body and everything. Their freaking uh, skull, skull uh, isn't like ours. No, it'll it flatten out. flatten completely out. Yep. And they can get through the littlest areas. But anyway, I'm buying a new, a new uh, <laughs> dishwasher, dishwasher <Yeah. laughs> tonight, I guess. All right, that's all the time we got. We got to get to the news. That's coming up. Uh, before we do that, give everybody a quick rundown of what's coming up in June. Car show okay. at Conway at the Expo Center. Uh, be June, be the first Saturday in June. We're going to start registering about seven till about ten. They do all the everything else, and then we'll try to get you out of there by two o'clock. We're going to have the Ronald McDonald people there. Uh, just come on down. We're gonna have a great time, Dave. Are, are they uh, Are they going to have the the website again so you can uh, yes. register early? Yeah, uh, and I hadn't. Have they got it up and running yet, Joe? I don't know if they have it. I'm not sure about that, but if it's not, it will be probably yeah. in the next three or four weeks. Yeah, in the okay. next two or three weeks, it should be up and running. Just keep listening. We'll tell you when yeah, it's absolutely. ready for you to do that, and know that we're going to have a raffle this year yes. for a big, 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 big. TV. Flat screen television, and it's two bucks for a try, and all that money is going to the Ronald McDonald House. Every penny of it. Yep. Everything we make. Yeah, it's always a good time, and we're going to have food trucks, too. Yes. Thank you, Dave. And I can tell you, I got a food truck that you got to call. Okay. You know Al over at the Uh, the steakhouse here? Over at the butcher shop. Butcher shop. Yeah. He. uh, He's got a a a food truck now that makes pizza. Send me his number and I'll call him. Nine minutes. Really? Yeah. I'll get his number to yeah, you. Yeah, send me a number and I will call him. Cause I got you a couple others we're going to go see too. All right. We'll have food. Thank Do you, that. Dave. Have These a wonderful afternoon. He'll be, back. He'll be back next Wednesday. I'll see you Saturday with the car and truck doctors. That's at 9 o'clock. But I'll be back in the next hour too, and we'll be talking about uh, what's going on in the house because the speaker is supposed to stop by. That's all coming your way on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're on the uh, third floor of the Capitol on the House side, and 
We have a special guest joining us, and since Paul was instrumental in, in getting him set up and coming on the show today, I'll let you get the first uh, questions in, sir. Okay, so my first question, I'll be nice. Well, tell everybody who it is. This is oh, this, I'm sorry. This is uh, Matthew Shepard, the Speaker of the House here in the um, House of Representatives here at the State Capitol. And um, I appreciate you coming on. Glad to be here. Yeah. Thank you all for covering the General Assembly. Well, it's fun. It's, it's, it's fun and um, exhausting, I guess. Um, so anyway, I guess my first question is just kind of general. What are your thoughts about the session? How much longer is it going to go? And what do you like so far? Well, overall, I've been very pleased with the session. I think that uh, uh, we've we've moved moved through the session uh, pretty methodically. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in the committee process, mm-hmm. and I think the committees have done very hard work. Uh, that's one of the things that I've really encouraged our committees on the House end, and particularly the chairs, to really. Let's work through those bills, the, the things that are, you know, let's vote things out, let's get them to the floor, or if something needs to doesn't have the support in the committee, then let's take a vote and let's move on to the next thing. And so I think that the, the, the committees have done really good work, uh, by and large, and that's what you've seen here on the floor. Uh, you know, generally, most bills, uh, we've, we've been able to, to move through our agenda relatively quickly. I mean, on any given day, there's going to be a handful of bills that are going to be a little more controversial, there may be a little more debate about but I think that what you're seeing is that the work the committees are doing, uh, that that's translating into uh, maybe a smoother session. I've really tried to focus this session on uh, there were a handful of big issues that I felt like uh, we needed to really work on. And, and we've, I think uh, we've worked through those things, you know, one after another. And now, the, of course, the end of the session is usually the more challenging part because the things that could generate a large consensus, they generally move through earlier in the session. Here we are at the end or towards the end, and you've got a lot of bills that maybe sponsors haven't been able to get the type of support that they would really like to have, but they realize that if they don't run the bill now, it, it, it may never run. And so that's what you're seeing is we're in the midst of, of uh, where these committees, you're having probably uh, a greater or more spirited debate on certain bills, and you're seeing you know, some bills that are maybe getting out of committee on a close vote. Other bills are, are dying in committee. But that's just the nature of the process. Overall, I'm very pleased with how the session's gone, and uh, you know I look forward to bringing it to a to a successful conclusion. As far as when we'll wrap it up, um, you know I've told the membership that really we need to be working very hard. Uh, ideally, we'd love to wrap it up next week, but in all uh, probability, it's probably going to be the second week of April. Um, but uh, but so far been very pleased and, and look forward to these remaining uh, few weeks. One more very quick question. Is there any chance that this session is going to end with a net tax cut? With a net tax cut? I mean, I think that when we uh, – I'd have to look at the total numbers. Uh, you know, I think that, of course, a lot of it depends on how you're figuring those numbers. Um, that's one of the things that we've tried to be mindful of. I mean, I know there's a lot of different opinions on things that have been proposed and maybe that have been passed by the legislature, uh, but we've we've tried uh, to – uh, move in any legislation that we've moved forward uh, with maybe a handful of exceptions we've tried to make sure that ultimately we're reducing the tax burden on the people of Arkansas one of the things that I'm really proud of is that I came in in 2011 and in 2011 the the, 
piece of legislation that, that I was uh, lead sponsor on as a freshman, as a freshman Republican in the minority party, was the sales tax holiday, back-to-school sales tax yep. holiday. And that was, the DFNA at the time said it was only a, a few million dollar tax cut. I really believe the impact is far larger than that mm-hmm. because being from El Dorado, I've seen how people go to Louisiana or Texas. Mm-hmm. But we had to fight tooth and nail, and fortunately we were able at the end of the session to kind of put all of it together. We were able to pass ultimately with with that bill and four other bills, I think it was $35 million in tax relief, and that was a big deal. And now you look back over eight years, and we've cut, uh, over my time here, we've cut uh, about a half billion dollars in taxes, I think, if you added it all up. So I've been really pleased about that. We've Granted, we've taken up some tough issues in this session. I mean, the highway funding issue, it is a the highway funding has been a systemically uh, flawed uh, system for a long time. The and system is really broken. It, it, it is. And I've, I'm the one that has really pressed for revenue transfer. I thought that was something that was important. Granted, uh, in the ultimate uh, solution that we put together, uh, the bills that were passed out, we didn't get the type of revenue transfer that maybe I would have liked to have seen. But I think we changed the, some of the dynamics of the discussion, uh, particularly when it comes to the gaming revenue, moving some of that towards highways, getting a commitment uh, towards some of the, the funds that have been given in the past. And so I'm really pleased with that. And ultimately, it'll be up to the people of Arkansas uh, with regard to that half-cent sales tax. The people will have their opportunity to say their piece. And, uh, you know, if, if it passes, uh, you know, obviously as a proponent of that legislation, I hope it passes because I think it solves the highway funding issue for the foreseeable future. But if it doesn't pass, then ultimately the legislature at that time will have to go back to the drawing board. You come back uh, next year to, to address it? Or a special session to address it? Well, I think the way that the, the way it would work out would be uh, the vote of the people. I believe would be in November next two year. two years from yeah, ne- two, next year. Yeah, and so year. Th- depending on the timing, ultimately that would probably be an issue that would that would be, be another uh, general session at another the next general. at the next regular session. Again, I hope yeah. it passes. Uh, for me to be supportive of of referring it back out. I wanted to have uh, some degree of revenue transfer, some degree of general revenue going towards the highway program, because I thought it was important for us to to show uh, in some portion that uh, to the people of Arkansas that we are actually trying to do some things differently. We were trying to identify some new revenue sources that didn't that weren't just about uh, a tax increase. Although, granted, we we did approve two, uh, but. Um, you know, I think that, that those are some of the hard decisions that we that we had to take up. I hope that uh, I hope things, uh, you know, ultimately I hope that it's it's passed again because I think in my district and from what I hear, highways are right up there at the top of the list. Uh, you know, there's I think it's one of the things that's a priority for us or should be a priority for us. But I think hopefully with that and then couple that with um, if we can get the transformation bill passed. I think that that is a tremendous opportunity for for savings, and that's something that I believe the governor's uh, has identified about fifteen million dollars in savings initially with transformation. Uh, I've worked on the transformation advisory board over the last two years, and it's my belief that as we move into the future, assuming that is adopted and signed into law, I think that's going to be something some truly transformative, and it's going to generate some significant savings. But it re- initially, it's really about setting the table for those savings. I wanted to uh, congratulate you on something you did this session, and that was you said that you all would work Monday through Thursday, and then you wanted the representatives to go home to their families, back to their districts, talk to the people. And I think that's great. 
I mean, we've had five-day-a-week sessions all through BB's era. So uh, I think you did a good thing with that. Well, thank you. My feeling was, particularly being someone who's two hours away, you know, two hours away from my family in El Dorado, I mean, we all know what we're getting into here. I mean, I understand that I'm going to leave, that I'm going to be up here and that my wife and my three uh, children are back home. Mm-hmm. We all understand what we're getting into. But I also thought that it was important because of what I've observed over the past eight years is that there were some opportunities for us to be more efficient in how we're doing our business here. Uh, you know, when as chair of judiciary and even before that as chair of ag, uh, I joked because I think one day I called a meeting at 8 o'clock or 8.30 and uh, during session, and everybody was kind of like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I mean, out in the real world. We go to work. We go to work, and we're, we're doing these things. And I think that uh, that's one of the things that I really impressed upon our chairs was, while we're here, let's do, let's, we're here to work. And mm-hmm. let's, let's do our work in the right way. We're not going to rush through things, but we're not going to sit here and, and uh, you know, just for the, for the sake of saying that we're here. And I think that it, it, it has paid dividends from the standpoint of allowing members to, uh, to have a little more time back home. It allows members to be able to, do, to uh, have interactions with their constituents during a weekday. I think it's kind of hard when your only opportunity to really interact is over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think that, it, honestly, I think it's helped the morale. I think it, people are uh, more energized and are, um, I think, for the four days that, w- that we're here each week, I think you're seeing people more engaged in the process. Now, of course, that being said, this week, uh, as we approach the end of session, uh, we're likely, uh, it looks like we're going to be here Friday, Friday earlier in the day. Um, but, uh, but that's just because I want to make sure that we, don't, that we don't run out of time. I want to make sure as best we can that we've allowed our membership to, to run their bills and have their bills be heard. But, but I appreciate that. You know, I think that this is, I think it's been a positive thing. And, uh, you know, I hope, uh, I, you know, initially I was kind of, I, I, I thought it would be we've always taken Fridays off initially and then usually after a few weeks we would move into a five yeah. day week so I, I'm, I'm really pleased with how it's worked out alright so what is what do you think is the biggest issue that you all will be faced here before you adjourn <laughs> well um, is there I, one sitting out there that's the 800 pound gorilla yet I think that I think the two the two looming issues are the marketplace fairness bill, uh, the internet sales tax. Right. That I think that that's a huge issue. Um, clearly, the RSA uh, is always a big issue yeah. at the end. So those are two things. And then, uh, as you're probably aware, uh, the D.C. District Court issued a an opinion just an hour ago. Uh, with regard to the Arkansas Works Program, which I have not read the opinion yet, so oh, I, uh, do you know what it says at all? It uh, essentially, well, <laughs> I think they that they ruled against the state of Arkansas. Oh, they did. Okay, so I that, know that the Senate was talking about that yesterday. Right. So that's that's my understanding. Again, I've not read the opinion. Okay. Uh, that's going to be some of my work uh, when I get off the air here okay. and uh, throughout the uh, throughout the evening and tomorrow morning. So. I need to read that opinion, but obviously uh, working through uh, that, uh, but but I think RSA and the marketplace fairness are probably the two biggest things that we have left remaining. All right. Well, we promised you just to the first break, so i got to take the first break, so I'm going to let you get back to work. Well, thank you, and, and uh, maybe we can do this again. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do it again. Thank, you, thank, for, you, thank you for, for the invitation. Thank and you. thank you for, to your staff for 
facilitating this. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more. Third floor, house side, Dave Ellswick show at the Capitol. All right. So back here on the third floor of the Capitol, house side, just heard the Speaker of the House uh, make the statement that a court in Washington, D.C. evidently has declared that Arkansas works can't be used. And uh, so first question tomorrow when I'm back on, when I have J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman on, uh, is what does that mean for the state? Where does that leave us? I'll uh, get also a hold of J.R. and see maybe if the governor himself won't stop down and uh, or stop up and talk to us tomorrow about it as well and what the state will will do from here i'm sure that we will challenge that ruling but what does that mean so uh, we'll talk about uh, all of that here uh, on the dave ellswick show first uh, first hour but that's the big news that just came out with matthew shepherd the speaker of the house is that uh, that uh, had just come down about an hour ago we had not heard about it so it was good that uh, he was here to to tell us that they had they had the uh, the uh, the ruling in their hands. That was a was that a U.S. Supreme Court? Yeah, oh yeah, it was not a U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. It was appeals Court, an appeals court. Okay. You know, made made their decision. Um, um, it's going to be interesting to see if we appeal that to the Supreme Court. Yeah, because that's the way that this works. Everybody knows that, but does it or can it continue? Uh, to be in uh, enforced uh, while we're waiting to see what the so Supreme Court it, would say on do, do you know if, if they decide to hear it. Do you know if this is based on the idea that so the mandate was gotten rid of or the fines or fees or whatever or was getting, gotten rid of, and so some people are saying that that basically guts the bill and makes it so it's no longer well, a judge viable. Well, a judge has now said that because they can, you can't, force people to pay the tax mm-hmm. or to pay, you know, the fine for not having insurance that, uh, in essence, you're saying there is no funding mechanism now uh, for uh, Obamacare, which means um, it falls in on its own weight de facto. Well, it, so, well, what it means is, is simple, is that if that's the case, then there is no Obamacare anymore. Now, I'm sure that's going to be have to be heard all the way up to the Supreme Court again. Because I think one of the justifications for it was that, well, this is a tax and, gov- and the federal government can impose taxes, whereas the reality was it was actually a, you will buy this product or we will punish you, but they kind of reorganized the bill. Well, the Roberts rewrote it, of and, all things. And, and declared that, well, this isn't actually a punishment, this is just a tax, and therefore it's okay to, to impose a tax on people. And when they said... When they argued the whole thing, the understanding was that it was not a tax. The chief justice of the Supreme Court rewrote wrote well, it, the whole law, right? And so then, which is unconstitutional well, in and of itself. Sure, and that's 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 one of the problems with our Supreme Court, with our judicial system in general, is that they're they're acting like little gods up there in the on their ivory towers. But so. If the basis for the Supreme Court declaring that it is, it is indeed acceptable was it was based on the idea that well this is a tax not a not a, a fee or a punishment therefore it's okay well if you take away the the fee or tax or whatever you want to call it if, if that's gone then that's one of your premises and you know 
a lot of times, if you take away your foundation, then the rest of the structure is worthless. You can't. You cannot use it anymore. Well, you've cut out its funding mechanism. If there's no money to fund it, mm-hmm. then in and of itself, it goes kaput. Well, that that and the enforcement mechanism is like just like on some level, one of the ways that that government um, manipulates people is through taxation. That's we see that all over the place. Whether it's um, through the, the the way you run your business or whatever else, and so you get there's certain tax breaks if you do certain things, and so I guess the way this was kind of rewritten by Roberts was that well, we're going to manipulate people into how how they purchase insurance. If they don't purchase insurance, they're going to be taxed at a greater rate, and um, that being the justification for telling people you have to buy insurance, and um, so. You get rid of that aspect, and you can't tell people what to do anymore. And so you, you can't just go along and tell people you have to buy insurance because apparently the the the, fed, the federal courts recognized no, you can't force people to buy this product, but you can tax them. The Congress, the Congress can't ruled yeah. on it and said that uh, no, it no longer existed. So, like I said, the funding mechanism funding. is gone. It's that, it's kaput, and that enforcement mechanism, and that, and so yeah, you can't force people to. To engage in it anymore. I mean, uh, what's left of the bill? Yeah, it's a good. Uh, what's what's left of uh, you know the program? Very little. Mm-hmm. I, I might see something happen that I've never seen happen in my lifetime, and that is, I might see a government program go oh, away. That just just might happen. I don't. I'm I'm not going to hold my breath. I'll tell everybody mm-hmm. that I'm not going to hold my breath. But there is. A possibility that Obamacare will uh, will fade into the the ash heap of history, and we can only hope that that that's uh, the case. All right, we got news coming up here, Paul. Mm-hmm. When we come back, you were down in the what, Senate Judiciary. I was. You got some good things to tell us about? Well, I've got a little bit of news. I can talk about Senator Joyce Elliott's bill that you know she came up and talked with us about it a few weeks ago. I can kind of give you some an update. Talking on, about on equity what and sentencing. Yes. Okay, so we'll talk, talk about, about that. that. That's like if somebody was busted today uh, for a half a gram of cocaine, uh, and let's say it's um, it's it's rock cocaine, uh, they would not get anywhere near the punishment that somebody in the '80s would have gotten for having a half a gram gram of uh, of rock co- uh, cocaine, and uh, those people may be still serving their their sentences from the '80s, while the person who gets sentenced now. Uh, will be out for ten or fifteen years. I mean, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's that's part of the thing is that they're they're pointing out that there are people that are in jail now that will stay in jail, and other people who will come into jail will cycle and, through and, and cycle through and leave. And these first people will still, still be for the exact there. same offense. crime. Yeah, yeah. And still stuck. Same conviction. All right, so uh, we'll come back speak about how that went down in the committee and uh, what the vote was. We'll talk about that. Did Terry Rice get to get in there and talk about his uh, gun bill at all? Um, or was he even hoping to get in there? And talk I, I didn't about hear anything today? about any gun bills yet. No, okay. so, so Gary Stubblefield is the one with the gun oh, bill. Oh, yeah, Stubblefield. And, um, I don't think he's going to run that. It actually won't be in the judiciary anyway. All right, here's the news. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're on the third floor, house side of the Capitol. 
Uh, you would think that everybody's gone, but they're not. They're down in the meeting rooms having committee meetings right now. You heard the uh, Speaker of the House just uh, speak about that. Uh, basically, starting this week, they'll be meeting five days a week. Kind of what happened, uh, to give them a, a little bit of uh, you a little bit of information, is this whole reorganization thing that the governor is trying to get done. Uh, all of the different bills that was required for that has kind of clogged the pipeline up a it little bit. It was a bit. really big piece of Over legislation. Over 2,000 pages. And they've passed it through now. It's done. Now the pipes were open, but everybody else that we're hoping to still get something through has put it in the pipeline, and it's uh, it's moving towards the end, but it's moving slowly. Yeah, but bills are moving fast. Yeah, well, yeah, the, session, in the, the, in sessions, the committees, yeah, yeah the, they the, have to now. The session's moving fast, or moving, sorry, the session's moving fast. Uh, sorry, the session's moving slowly, but the bills are moving fast. Mm-hmm. So that's basically uh, what's going on out there. Just so you know, it's basically what's going on right now is the everybody who has something pending in a committee is trying to get it in front of the committee to get an up or down vote on it. Not There's going to be a lot of bills that are sitting there uh, on the docket, so to speak, they'll just, and they'll, they'll not just, even get a hearing. They'll die there. They'll die. Yep. They'll die there. And that person who's um, the state senator, of course, they'll have some more extra time. They can hold on to that bill and look at running it in two years. Or uh, if you're a state rep, you need to get yourself reelected mm-hmm. and uh, have a chance to try to run that bill again. I mean, if it didn't make it this time, doesn't mean that it's not good enough to get run again. Uh, I'm hoping Gonzalez has had several bills that have not made it out of committee this year. I hope that he'll go back, uh, revisit them, maybe um, tweak them a little bit, and then start working now at talking to his fellow representatives and get him ready uh, for 20, what would it be, 2021. Yeah, and so he, he's he's got the he was the one with the bill to deal with special elections, but he was from what he was saying, it sounds like there's still a chance to get it past this session. Okay, well, good. I hope so. I sure because, as heck would like to I, see that. I, I think he I think he said he's got the votes. He just needs to get the people in their seats. Okay, uh, that's the, that's the impression I got that he, he thinks he has enough votes available on it, but he just has to get them to sit down. Everybody got you got to think about that. Not everybody will. I'm. I mean, ask uh, Cecile Bledsoe. Hmm. All right. Everybody just trying to get her to sit down and in her committee. I forget what the committee's name is right now. Do you um, remember what the committee is? On you know, the, I don't uh, know what committee that, car tax. That was, it's probably revenue and revenue tax. and taxation. Probably. You know, if we could get her to sit down and and vote yes on it, which she should. It should be a no brainer since you're a co-sponsor of it. You think um, we can see that piece of legislation get to. The floor, and I want to bring back a, a, another a piece of uh, the, the conversation. If you weren't with us, we had uh, Senator State Senator Terry Rice on, who is the sponsor of that bill in the Senate side. It passed overwhelmingly in the House, and, th- and this, I think, is what makes it so difficult for uh, uh, the Senate to kind of disregard it, is because it had eighty-seven votes out of a hundred. Which is which is almost unanimous. Yes, that's pretty. The, the reality it's, is, it makes it completely bipartisan. 
Right, and so so in any on any given bill, a lot of times there'll be there'll be less than a hundred votes cast total, and so to get eighty plus votes is eighty seven to is, be exact is a bunch. Yeah, and I mean out of a hundred, I mean that's that's thirteen people that, that maybe that voted that, that either voted no, present, or just weren't in their or, seats, or they, they weren't were in, their, in their seat, they were gone. And so. It's easy to have that many people just out of the room in the bathroom or just having a few people will go off to see their families or something, Man, especially plus, if it's toward the end of the day. Yeah, plus it was uh, a vote that was uh, just before uh, spring break. Was that, was that when it yeah, was? Yeah, that's uh, when it happened. So just, yeah, there might have been half a dozen people missing just yeah, from that. Just, just, just think about that for a moment. Now it's in the Senate, and it's having trouble getting five votes in the, the, ta- the Revenue Taxation Committee, and one of them is Cecile Bledsoe, who is the fifth vote right now that will release that piece of uh, legislation uh, to uh, t- to the, the floor of the Senate. Now, I'm not saying it's going to pass the Senate, but it deserves a vote. It deserves an up or down vote on the floor of the Senate just because the House is so strongly behind this bill it would, I think, it behooves the, uh, you know, the, the 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 Senate to at least get it on the House floor. The other reason that that, that people might not want it on the House floor, they don't want their their name up there on that wall and a red <laughs> or a green light being next. They'll, they'll have to actually put their name on it. Yeah. Which the thing is, it's you know, stopping the used car tax, even if it stopped it altogether, but stopping it for the cars under seventy five hundred dollars. Who's opposed to that? I mean, is is there more than half a dozen people in Arkansas who don't want that? I, yeah, I think everybody would, would want I mean, that's, it, to be that's honest. A, that's a bipartisan thing. That's one of those things that Democrats want it, Republicans it want it, Libertarians I mean, want Republicans it. Republicans should not even be thinking differently on this just because, and I'm going to say, it's the PR value of it. I mean, the amount of revenue it would take out in two years uh, that you have to deal with with the, the next – uh, fiscal time is $12 million. That's, it's it's a pittance. I hate to say it that way, but it is. It's a pittance cons- you know, when you consider it's, uh, you know, you can still be heard again, heard again, and then get it through to the, to the Senate floor. The number is 479-636-2115. Now, uh, give her a call, 479-636-2115. Fifteen and say, Miss Bledsoe, show up in taxation and revenue, and do your duty. And surely it's a yes vote because you're a co-sponsor of uh, the legislation. And be so, respectful. Yeah, yeah. Be be respectful. I, everybody don't, don't call up and cuss if her any, out. <laughs> if anybody, you should be respectful to, you know, to Bledsoe. To be honest, she's a great lady. She's a whole lot of uh, fun to talk to. We haven't had her on this session because she really hasn't been behind anything huge uh, that's been making its way through the Senate. But uh, bottom line is is that, uh, you know, I've never had a bad word uh, to say about her until now. And uh, my bad word of the day for her is do your job. And some tells me somebody above her, and when you look at Cecile being here since – She's been in the in this capital since 1999. She's a person who is known, well known, 
and uh, who, who plays, uh, plays the political game as well as anybody. I don't know if it's Hendren, and I, or I don't know if it is the governor himself, but somebody has put a bug in her ear, and we've got to clean the bug out so she hears us loud and clear to come back and move it to the Senate. And then whoever is trying to control the votes, then come out of the shadows and say why you're trying to stop this piece of legislation from voting. For a Republican, I just think it's such a PR move that you can say, look, you who are middle-class people and, uh, and lower-income people and what we have helped uh, well, facilitate by the sales tax on used cars. And it helps to stop r- r- the, um, the extreme reduction in, in, um, in used car values because when the government charges you nearly $500 – Every time you buy a um, a car that's about seventy five hundred dollars, you know that's a big disincentive for you to buy that car. Yeah, you but know, here's the key, Paul. How many people are thinking that versus how many people are thinking, "Wow, a seventy five hundred dollar car, and I'll save five hundred or a few dollars less than five hundred on that car." That resonates with people. That's a big chunk. It is a good piece of uh, of money and. And a uh, $7,500 car is a lot better than a $4,000 car. I can guarantee yep, you, you that. you can get a lot more vehicle for that. All right, a break, and then we'll finish it up for today here at the, at the uh, Capitol. We're on the third floor, house side. It's the Dave Ellswick Show here at 1011 FM, The Answer. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, final segment for a Wednesday show. We'll be back tomorrow on Thursday at 2 o'clock. Uh, we'll start off with J.R. Davis. I've already been in conversation with him. And the first thing we'll talk about tomorrow is the court case that came in today saying that Arkansas Works uh, is uh, illegal. So we'll see what uh, J.R. has to say about that. I mean, there's no doubt that it's going to be, uh, you know, challenged uh, in court by the state uh, but what does it mean? I mean, what happens while it's being challenged? Do they do we stay with Arkansas Works? Do we have to stop doing Arkansas Works? A lot of different things that we'll have to talk about tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Plus, we'll talk about a, a lot of other things like, you know, how fast are they going to be able to do the government transformation uh, that they've passed now for the governor during this session when will we start seeing all the big changes that are supposed to be uh, occurring and things of that nature? So, so Bob Ballinger just posted yeah. about that ruling. He says, yeah. we should not be continuing the Medicaid expansion without the work requirements. Well, that's now that's big. That's big. We'll go ahead and, and hit him and ask See him to join us tomorrow. Uh, in the 3.30 hour okay. uh, with us. We'd like to have uh, the senator on to talk about that because that's – that's that's a that's a shot across the bow. I'm just telling you, that's exactly what that is. And there, there's going to be other Republicans going to feel the same way. That's the only way that they signed on to this uh, in the last session. You know, Alan Clark and Filippo uh, uh, and and some of the others who had been adamantly against uh, the expansion of uh, Medicaid here in the state, but the work requirement went a long way to, um, you know, placate them. And 
and, and at least make it palatable to vote for it. Now they don't have that. Uh, what will they do and what will happen here in this session? That's important. What's going to happen now here in the session? They're all here and uh, what what's going on? So we'll see if maybe uh, you would see if uh, Alan Clark would like to come on okay. as okay. well. All right. So there you go. We'll we'll get into all that tomorrow. It's going to be a big topic of discussion, to say the least. There's a lot of money, folks, that's tied to that. I'm just telling that's, you, a lot of money that's that's tied to all of that. And if we don't, Arkansas Works has moved over what three hundred thousand people. I don't know what it is. It was a huge amount of people that have been moved off of uh, off wonder, of Medicaid. I wonder if we could get um, um, Nick Horton. Well, he he was kind of text him away. Big and see big what he, that. maybe yeah. he could come talk to us we'll about see what that. It, what it says. I, I was kind of feeling uh, queasy about this earlier this year for the simple reason that Kentucky had already been struck down on mm. it. So we'll have to see what goes on. So tomorrow is going to be an interesting day here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Um, last thing I'd li- I'd like to talk about specifically is our next classic movie, which is on April 9th. As you know. Uh, April 19th, if I'm, I'm correct, I think that's right. The 19th is Good Friday, which means Easter is 21st. So in, in uh, recognition of April being Easter uh, month, uh, we will show uh, Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion. Uh, if you're a Christ follower, uh, if uh, you're a person who just loves a great movie, uh, this is a movie to be seen. All you have to go do is go to Riverdale10.com and buy your tickets uh, right over the Internet to see this movie on the 9th of April. Uh, if you are a Christ follower uh, and you've never seen this movie or if you haven't seen it since it first came out, uh, this mo- movie carries an emotional wallop uh, for believers. Because it really brings into very sharp, crystal clear focus of what Christ went through uh, when he went to the cross on, uh, you know, Golgotha. I mean, this is, uh, you don't want to miss, you don't, uh, you don't want to miss this movie on the big screen. There's one thing about watching it on TV where you can stop it and maybe fast forward a little bit because there's something that, makes your stomach a little queasy or hurts your heart some and brings tears to your eyes sitting in a big movie theater with several hundred other people watching this movie just carries a big big impact and i highly recommend that you see this movie i also recommend before the end of uh, this week that you go see the movie unplanned that carries an emotional wallop uh, as as well and and talks uh, very bluntly up front, and I think uh, crystal clear about uh, abortion. I'm actually planning to go see that tomorrow. About and, and how people have been lied to about abortion. A lot of you think that it's just a piece of, you know, uh, you know, a bunch of cells or whatever. Well, I always want to point this out to people. All of us are just a bunch of cells. We're, we're all That's just a bunch all of cells. you are a is a bunch of cells. And uh, some of us just have larger numbers of cells than others. Yeah, and and some of us have a developed brain. But your brain uh, now, if you're like me, I'm 66. Uh, Paul is about 38. Is that 37? 37. Yeah, 37. Okay, 
you know, our, our brains are, are different, mm-hmm. uh, our, our organs are different, uh, but we're all human beings. And we're all progressing yes. through life. Yes. None, none of us are complete. Every, that's correct. Everybody is in a stage of development. We are like all in a stage of development. So think about that when you think about taking the life of an unborn child. And somebody says, well, it's not a child. Well, when does it become a child? Is it when it comes through the birth canal? Some people don't believe that. This is it, a you know, We can keep on going on and on and on and, and talk about that. It's just, it's a person. It, there's no time that a woman who carries an unborn child that it was ever a rutabaga or a frog. Right. And, and right? It was the, always a human. Right. Children are not valuable. Their, their, their lives are not valuable simply because they're useful. They're valuable because they're human. That's it. That's that is. It's it's not about sentience. It's not about. It's not about their potential. It is the fact that they are human beings. Well, all of those arguments about sentience and 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 whatnot have changed over the years. I can I can tell you that the argument about abortion is totally different now than it was back in 1976. And there's all kinds of different arguments people make. They say, well, I have a right to evict a tenant. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if I'm on a boat... How disgusting is that, though? First of all, you don't you don't kill a, You don't kill a tenant when you evict them. No. And, and, you know, if I'm on a boat, let's say, I, let's say I'm out 500 miles offshore and I find a stowaway. You know, unless that stowaway is about to hurt me or kill me in some way, I can't just toss them overboard, even though they're trespassing. A child's not trespassing. They didn't break any laws. They didn't violate you in any way. They're there, just, and you can't just kill them. If somebody said, I'm evicting a tenant, had somebody really say that to oh, you? That's a, com- that's a common argument. I've never heard such a oh, thing. Yeah. It's the most ridiculous argument I've ever heard. And, and then, then the more recent argument we that's heard. That's a straw, man. That should be knocked down first thing. Well, and, and uh, that people people think it's a good argument. Then the more recent thing we heard, I heard there in, um, in the Senate end, I can't remember, with public health, that crazy woman said she was yeah, giving the, the baby back to g- Jesus. Giving the baby back to God. Yeah, sure. What on earth? earth yeah yeah that's a disgusting thought too all right four seven nine six three six two one one five that's the number for uh, uh miss bledsoe uh cecile bledsoe state senator please give her a call leave her a message tell her to vote yay in in the uh, meeting of uh taxation and revenue for hb 1342 that's the used car tax do something really good, Cecile, for the middle-class Arkansans in our state. Okay, that wraps it up for today. Paul, thanks for coming in, yes, as sir. usual. We'll plan to see you tomorrow. We'll be doing it again tomorrow. Start at 2 o'clock right here, and we'll start it off with J.R. Davis from the governor's office here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good night, everybody. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.